Cineboys to Cinemen episode 46. 46? 46. Hope you're well, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. This week, the long-awaited meeting of the minds. <laughs> uh, something that Kai de Cinema said was the podcasting equivalent of the Frost Nixon interview. Oh, yes. The Cineboys are finally meeting. Well, we've met you before. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but audio, an audio meeting. Yes. Film Angle. Chris and Alex, how are you? Hello. Thanks for having us on. Yeah, very excited to be here. Very excited indeed. This has been uh, long in the offing, hasn't it? Yes. We've been trying to get this sorted for a little while now, haven't we? I actually thought it wasn't going to happen. And then I was going to come up to visit you, Alex. And then I think Danny was just like, let's just make it happen. (laughs) Or else it'll never get done. So, yeah, I'm really excited to talk with you guys tonight. Absolutely. It is. also marks a first for us as well. We've we've never recorded in person before. So. That is, yeah, yeah, quite, yeah, that's quite strange to us, isn't it? But I guess yeah. for you guys it makes more sense because you're geographically separate. Yes. From one another. And we're 84 episodes in and we're just not used to the setting that we're doing right now. So <laughs> yeah. we are going to... This is going to be interesting, but we're going to try our best, aren't we, Alex? Absolutely. Yeah, we yeah we uh we were a little worried we might not be friends by the end of it. Like maybe the the chemistry yeah. is only through the screen. Um, exactly. But yeah, we're hoping. Well, there's a little bit of sexual chemistry, and that can kind of overtake and manifest in real life too. So that might you know help yeah. us along the way. Well, we we have to. I'm feeling that in yeah. the room in general already. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. that's yeah. I I turn the heating off for that yeah. reason. Yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah. So. As it's sort of like a, a special episode, we're not necessarily going to talk about one film in particular. Yeah. We felt that uh, it merited a sort of more broad uh, discussion across a range of topics pertaining to the world of film. So this week, we're talking about lots of different things, but chiefly films we die on a hill for. Yeah. So that's films that are often maligned uh, or broadly speaking or critically panned or generally disliked in sort of public discussions yeah yeah or, or even just forgotten yeah that's probably yeah 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 just films that are, are kind of met with indifference that, yeah that, yeah, that yeah we all personally have but you like, connect to it for. yeah yeah exactly. yeah absolutely yeah. and we've all got a few belters there although i don't know if i've heard i know yours i don't know if i know oh no i do know yours uh no i haven't really made it no like i'm on i'm on yeah oh no you did yeah you suggested one and then suggested you changed one, your mind. Yeah. and then i could not be bothered to revisit the material <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I, I went enough. back on some ones i did know i could maybe you know talk about it a little bit or you're just worried to share them maybe maybe that's it oh, anyway. I'm, I'm worried to share the ones i got now you could have done like the thing that everybody does in the red carpet is like what are your what is your letterbox top four yeah and that would yeah, be a yeah, little yeah. bit of a nicer introduction for both me and alex but now you know everybody's just gonna think we're like Terrible tears. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, thanks. People for listen to us to have that. Yeah. So, okay. yeah, yeah, don't worry yeah. about it. So, <laughs> preface that there. In, in podcasting, by the way, not in films. Don't leave us. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> the next discussion after that will be sort of like a broader topic about the landscape of film. Mm, yeah. Because uh, I think it's things we've touched on in quite a few episodes before, but I think given that we've got you two guys in here, obviously that's something, you know, we're all equally passionate about. I think it'll be like good to have two extra voices about that sort of stuff yeah uh, and then we've got a few other little things we'll talk about uh which we'll save for a bit later on yes in the meantime strap in it's probably gonna be a long one i reckon so about, so, two, uh, about the two hour mark oh yeah a bit more maybe Maybe a bit more two yeah. hours three risky <laughs> all right then films we die in the hill for alex shoot from your strong hips Ooh, are we going honourable mentions first, or 
I reckon save honourable mentions for the end. We'll blast through okay. those. Okay. Not the end. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'll go first. Uh, <laughs> my uh, my film that I would die on a hill for is the um, the mainly hated Showgirls. And ah, uh, solid. Paul Verhoeven's uh, masterpiece, I would say. Mm. Um, I think it is a brilliant film. I agree. It is. I, I think it is a bit of an epic that delves deep into a kind of world that we haven't seen before, the seedy world of kind of uh, showgirls and strippers and all that kind of stuff, um, and follows a very kind of interesting character. She navigates her way through that world. And it is, it is very in your face. It's very campy. There's a bizarre amount of nudity. Uh, <laughs> I'm not listing reasons why I like it. <laughs> Trying not to act like a perv. Uh, but um, it is, it's, to me, it is it is the red shoes of the 90s. Wow. It, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah, I, I, think, love, I, like I, I think it delves into that idea of like, a, of like an ensemble show. Uh, in the same way the red shoes does with a ballet um company ballet studio this idea of like a a fantasy version of how that might work behind the scenes and the kind of way that it is uh, in some ways empowering but then also a place where that kind of toxic uh, toxic masculinity in in the in the in the world of showgirls uh, also kind of breeds in that kind of place as well so yeah it really looks into the depths of all those things but i also just find it a a brilliantly funny film, and I think it knows it's funny. Oh yeah, 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 it, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think a lot of the time people don't realise that Verhoeven's in on the joke. Yeah, um, and I think that's kind of happened to a lot of his films. Starship Troopers, right afterwards, so right two years later, the exact same thing happened. Nobody bought into that, into the kind of satire of it. But yeah. mm-hmm. I mean, in the same, I I watched Showgirls last night in preparation for this, and like it was such a strange revisit for me because like <laughs> yeah, it's so so like lurid mm-hmm. and like Vegas has never looked so kind of simultaneously neon but grubby at the same time and then there you kind of got the juxtaposition of all the actual shows which are kind of very clean and the cinematography is really good as well <laughs> it's mm. like masterfully shot yeah um so yeah I, I, it's a really fascinating choice Alex I think yeah, I, yeah just it's just one of those films first time I watched it I was just absolutely fascinated by it I don't think I knew that it was hated at the time, and it wasn't until I wanted to do a bit more research on the film itself. You know, when you come out of a really good film, you just want to you just want to know more about it, the the history, and uh, yeah, you, you understand that it is it is very very hated. Yeah, <laughs> is a, showgirls bad is a thing, isn't it? Yes, it's, yeah. You say it's so bad, it's showgirls bad, which means it's still really entertaining, but it's a dreadful piece of work. Like that's like a a term which I think Joe Esterhaus who wrote it kind of cottoned onto and jumped on the bandwagon and then Verhoeven yeah. was was actually slightly remorseful mainly because he didn't like the fact that he'd ruined Elizabeth Berkeley's career yeah <laughs> oh okay yeah, yeah. so he she was a lot really more, like worked much again after this film despite yeah not really um despite being obviously like this massive star and it's got quite a bit of production behind it and stuff like yeah. that maybe that's why at the time it was maybe more shocking than people thought and you know this this idea of because uh, I think she, where did she come from like Save the Bell, uh, Saved by the Bell, Saved yeah, by the Bell, oh, wow, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Job, so right? she yeah. kind of went from like door. 
Yeah, like, exactly. Uh, okay. Yeah. To something that was completely against type. Yeah, so there an was aggressive a, career trajectory, for sure. Yeah. yeah. There was probably a lot of expectation on her, a lot of expectation on the film as to what it might be from the outside. Mm. Um, and again, it's it's a, a very, very adult, but high production, probably high budget film. Yeah. Um, and I, I just think, yeah, looking back at it, I it it's difficult to understand why it was so hated. But yeah, you try to put yourself in into the kind of mindset of people at the time. Um, maybe it was just kind of like this is not the film I was expecting. And, <laughs> yeah. uh, if you're therefore not in on the joke, if you you know got a negative mindset from the from the very beginning, um, yeah, I can I can see why you'd be like this. Is I, I find it hard to have like a negative mindset going into this film. It's um. It's got this like real the schlocky value is kind of inherently part of the joy of watching it, mm. even though it is doing some things really right, um, especially with character development and and just the way Verhoeven sort of shoots the film. But you know that is kind of the fun, and if you don't get the joke kind of from the start of it, well, I think it's a little bit on you because it, it wears its heart on its sleeve very early on. Yeah, and uh, you know it's it's an aggressive film in that way, but uh, you know if you're up for the ride, it's it's it, which I certainly was. It's uh, it's definitely worth it. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I, I think um, sort of jump at that point you were saying about like not being in on it. I think a lot of Verhoeven's films, it's like the nature of his satire is bringing it so stylistically close to what it is that he's making a joke of. And I think that's where a lot of the uh, the divisive nature of his films comes in. Of course, he's responsible for films that are universally beloved, like RoboCop, right? But even RoboCop does that. I just think people maybe within the realms of like action cinema and the sort of satire of like the fascist state and the sort of uh, the military industrial complex, people were more prepared to stomach that critique maybe on the basis of the subject matter. Yeah. But I think like you know by and large his films they they sort of stray very close to that sort of kitsch naffness, which is sort of so central to the world that he's trying to sort of make light, well, not make light of, but but satirize. Yeah, and I think that's. I am fully in agreement with you. <laughs> we, I think yeah. it seems like we are with this film, which is oh, quite, yeah, which is good. Yeah. But you know, I, I really love the movie um, a lot, um, and I really like a lot of his films. That, and I feel like even like I think about like uh, American Gigolo, which is another film that is mm. sort of again has a similar relationship okay. in terms of like uh, audience and critical reception. People are very split on it again, and that's just like another film that is. You know, it, it wears its heart on its sleeve in, in sort of portraying that sort of eighties excess and yeah. all that yeah. sort of stuff. And I can completely understand why some people might be turned off by that. There are some there are some naff moments in it. Like I will, I, I'll kind of just to play devil's advocate a little bit. I because on this sort of really recent rewatch, her performance is all over the place, and it, it it's meant to be like Verhoeven has admitted he told her to do that. Yeah, he told her to be manic and unpredictable. And it, I don't think that aspect is probably what lets it down for me a little bit. Her, it's just it's just too much. Yeah. I think even though like what you were saying about the kitchenness, like it is her performance is on another level even to that for me. Oh wow! That, okay. that I think just sort of disrupted my sort of viewing experience ever right. so slightly. But what I think the film does really well, and you were saying this earlier to me, Alex, was the fact that it could be seen as a kind of comment on male behavior and how and the kind of lecherous nature of las vegas and i think verhoeven's really good at mm. in general across all of his work he's really good at analyzing that like i mean hollow man does that quite a lot have you guys seen hollow man yes, yeah. <laughs> um yeah and he's just fascinated with male behavior think back to like basic instinct and the the infamous sort of 
leg uncrossing scene. Mm-hmm. If you watch the men, the men are all sweaty messes in that. Like mm-hmm. it isn't, yeah, it's sort of like overtly exploitative a little bit. And, you know, the, the scene's famous for the content, but the reactions, I think, are what's key to that scene. Um, sorry, I've gone a bit off a bit of a No, 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 yeah, 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 no, it's good, man. There you go. That's what I think of Verhoeven. I think he's just fascinated, fascinated with male behaviour and sort of how uncomfortable it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you think there's an element of like his other films also being quite satirical and having a commentary, like you were mentioning, like Robocop and Starship Troopers? But if you wanted to switch off your brain and just watch that, you know, there's two ways Robocop. to watch them, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 Film, you can watch. Starship Troopers is just a sci-fi film yeah. and if you don't want to read into it you don't have to that's how I enjoyed Starship Troopers as a kid I shouldn't have been watching it probably yeah. as a kid yeah. but I enjoyed it on its surface level value even even now I could enjoy it that way oh, some but, good crash zooms in that film oh yeah mm-hmm. oh yeah and the, really? and the model work in that movie yeah, and the VFX like, yeah, for 97 you're right yeah. 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 yeah but do you feel like maybe Showgirls is it like it's such its own beast that you can't really categorise it as like, oh, it's just a, a, I don't even know what you would call it. So like a dance movie? <laughs> I don't know. That's mm. the thing. It's, a, it's such a wacky out there film that it doesn't lie within one genre like maybe mm. his other films do. And that's why maybe they were more widely accepted. Because, mm. um, mm. yeah, if you, if you, if you don't want to read into this film, then it is just absolutely bizarre. Yeah. Bonkers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, that also appeals to me as well. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I'm yeah. completely with you. I, I, I think it is a, like you say, that idea about male behaviour, I think that's a real strong theme in the film. That and the sort yeah. of just the Las Vegas itself, you know, mm. is a really sort of... A pinnacle of American sort of ideology. Yeah, yeah, like you can go and make your millions. But I mean, I've never yeah. been. I think you have, haven't you? I've not been to Vegas. Have you not been no. to Vegas? I've oh, you've been to, to LA. Uh, yeah, I've been to yeah. New York and uh, Baltimore, um, which all contain a sort of similar... Ideology, but I don't. I think it's most concentrated. LA is it's hyper, aspects. yeah, it's yeah. hyper concentrated, isn't it? I mean, I yeah. remember a couple of my friends went, and they made. They've just said like the the, the sort of nice. the stark contrast between like the sort of wealth and the, those that have sort of failed in the pursuit of that wealth is yeah. so yeah. obvious. Like, yeah, I I remember uh, I went to LA uh, probably about ten years ago, and um, it is it is bizarre because you have this idea of Hollywood in your mind. Um, and it is not. It's it's it's, mm. it's quite a sleazy place yeah, 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 in yeah. a way. Uh, th- those areas of it, anyway. Um, and it, it very much is a working town. Uh, and I guess in the same way that kind of Vegas is maybe depicted in this. Well, it's it all around one industry, doesn't it? The exactly. same way LA is, you know, was built for the film industry. Yeah. Las Vegas is built for the gambling industry, right? So, yeah, yeah everybody's it, selling their soul. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like everyone goes there explicitly to try and sort of, you know. Make improve their life through that whatever it is the so the, the dominant industry in that area is right. Mm. And with mm. gambling itself, it's you know it, the return, the promise of a high return is what draws you in, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think yeah, he's really good at deconstructing that uh, and sort of it being a, a low key critique of America. And a lot of Americans don't like critiques of America. Like Americans hate Team America, <laughs> so I think maybe <laughs> that might have contributed to its downfall a little bit, a little mm. bit. Um, yeah. And, and he's foreign. He's Dutch, he isn't is, he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, the idea of a foreigner going, your country's yeah. got its problems. It's probably not. It's not going to chime well, is it, with a sort of mainstream <laughs> yeah, audience, yeah. <laughs> particularly those who are going expecting some, seeing someone from Saved by the Bell and thinking yes. <laughs> maybe there's going to be some sort of thematical yeah. through line here. It made itself an easy target with the uh, NC17 
rating and the kind of exploitation angle that it took mm. as well. It did make it an easy target for people that were already outraged about the fact that it was a negative comment on America. So, yeah. Yes. No. And there is so much nudity that you become numb to the nudity. Oh, completely. <laughs> as well. I can oh. see why some people might be... Uh, Put out by that as well. After that oh, yeah. first dance, where uh, to the, uh, Berkeley does to Carl McLaughlin, that's it. Oh, I, forget, yeah. I forgot he was in it. Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh no, yeah. no, he's in it. Yeah, he's in it loads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's big tan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sp- yeah, yeah. Spider Man free haircut. Yeah. Well. Oh shit! Yeah, fuck. Yeah. Oh, he, I, he famously right. did not enjoy the film, if I remember yeah, rightly, yeah. and I think he he said, uh, and I'm I might be absolutely um, just bullshitting right now uh but i i think he said something along the lines of like he was sold on this being a different kind of film mm. and uh, i think maybe verhoven played a part in in maybe manipulating his performance to feel like it was something else yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, okay. yeah. I'd, I'd like him in it i think he's funny yeah he's yeah, fantastic. He's great, yeah. yeah. he's really good Fuck, it's really annoying when you forget something as key as that <laughs> but he yeah. he said that uh someone asked him why he walked out of the out of the premiere and he was like, I didn't. I wish I fucking did, though. <laughs> so he, he wasn't that I remember keen on that, it. yeah. I think he was probably, he's probably quite keenly aware of the uh, of the reaction going on around him. Mm. He's like, oh, I'm in this. So, mm. yeah. Um, I think I've listened to him in a podcast since and he's warmed to it a bit. Like, okay. and oh, okay. It was a fan talking to him about Showgirls and he was like quite pleased about mm. the. the kind of the cult status of it so yeah there we go yeah because there are like screenings now uh you can go along and everybody is talking along to the dialogue yeah you know? kind of like okay. a rocky horror yeah thing the rocky horror oh, thing. Okay. There's, there's a bit of a status around it doggy, um, doggy chow thing that you yeah, text yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's a good documentary as well on the kind of reaction to it and like how it's kind of turned around into a into a cult status film called um you don't know me <laughs> yes you know me. right yeah um, yeah, yeah. And that's a really interesting documentary, so I, I, I recommend... Um, I've not seen that, actually. Yeah, 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 okay. It sort of strays a line, doesn't it? I think Verhoeven does it in the same way that like a lot of exploitation cinema works. Mm. You know, it's criticising something, but you know, the reality is in, in the pursuit of that and sort of submerging yourself and a lot of the themes and ideas around that, you're going to just lose a lot of people. Mm. And, um, and that's not like necessarily a criticism of those people that don't want to engage with it. It's just, I think it's a shame if you don't try, at least. Yeah. And I, yeah. That's a great. That's a great start. Thank you. I yeah. do. I do love that film. I really. I do. do. Yeah, yeah. So when you said Showgirls, I was like, "Fuck yeah, yeah, yeah." What a movie! I mean, I forgot Carl McLachlan was in it, but I do oh, like it. You can't forget the Versius or Versace. Vers- oh, Vers- Vers- yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I do that House. Yeah. Whenever I see it, I can't. I can't not think of that. Yeah. Oh man. Nice. Right, go on then, Chris. That's a tough act to follow. I must admit. Um, mine is not as. I wouldn't say has the cult status that um, Showgirls has or it even was as polarizing, but was met with a little bit of a, a damp response. Oh, like, okay. not not angry, neither was it enthusiastic. It just kind of came out and it was a shame because I, I really love this movie. And it's... Um, it's the Wachowski sisters film Cloud Atlas from 2012. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Wow. Okay. Nice. Okay. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. Which um, is a nearly three-hour other type of epic <laughs> um, which I was a really big fan of the book when I was growing up I, I thought it was really fascinating it's a sort of story about um, reincarnation and how the acts of our ancestors can kind of impact the future and, and then change things as they go and and uh, the story kind of focuses on three periods 
um, for past, present, and future. And we dance between those plot lines as we go along. And the book is very interesting because while this movie has a bit more of a Game of Thrones kind of style to like how it plays with narrative, it jumps around a lot. Um, the book is literally past, present, future in uh, that order. Yeah. And uh, it actually changes the dialogue. So when you're reading the book, when it's set in the past, they use old English text. When you're in the future, they actually try to invent new sort of types of language. Mm. They kind of do that with the movie too. And that's probably where I lost a lot of people. But it's really hard not to get just swept away by what the Wachowskis can do here. They wear their hearts on their sleeves as filmmakers. And I think even the later Matrix films are guilty of that, even though I still love them for that purpose. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it, have you guys seen it before? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you, you, I don't know if you feel the same way, but I just find the whole narrative sweep of it. It's not intoxicating in the way that there's a lot of depth in the story. But the aesthetic appeal and, you know, the score that kind of runs with the film just kind of takes you along for this ride and you can't help but feel kind of wrapped up in its sort of sentimental view of of love conquers all, uh, which is, I think, is a narrative theme in all of their films. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I think it's completely overlooked. It's an independent film, probably the most ambitious and visually independent film ever made. And uh, every time I watch it, I'm just... I'm enthralled again. I kind of fall in love mm. with it. I've only um, seen it once. I'd like same. to see it again, actually. Yeah, it's, it's a good pick. It's, it's got some questionable performances. I mean, you got mm. like you got Tom Hanks in prosthetic, being like an Irish gangster at one point, throwing people off um, balconies. Um, you've got Hugo Weaving playing like a, a matron of a residential home. Um, but you know, it all kind of comes together oddly. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he started Hugh Grant's uh, kind of grumpy period of playing villains. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, so yeah. I thank it for that also. But, yeah, I, I love this thing. Um, I remember having a really good soundtrack. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah. Or a score, even, I should say. Yeah, Tom Tom Tykwer, who, who co-directs with the Wachowski sisters, did the score as well. Yeah. And it has this, um, it's called the Cloud Atlas Sextet, which is this... Um, That's the one I like. Yes, yep. and it, yeah. it basically oh, is the whole soundtrack of the film. The, the, tra- the film feels like a gigantic trailer for a film you'll never get, uh, <laughs> <laughs> which sounds very surface level, but yeah. it, it's part of the appeal. And you're like, I've never known a film to get away with giving me so little, but I got so much out of it. So Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I, I, I completely get where you're coming from. Like, There's something about this sort of swing, big swinging for the fences sort of sci-fi movies. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. And I yeah, think that's yeah. something they've never compromised as, mm. as filmmakers mm. and uh, they don't get enough credit for. It, and they do mm. it with like, the backing of these you know, massive studios. Um, yeah. They do it with the backing of their own initial success. And, uh, yeah, I'm always excited for a Wachowski film. Mm. I feel like there's a lot in their kind of um, film history that, that probably could be similarly kind of viewed, like Speed Racer. I don't yeah, think... Yeah, the tides have turned yeah, in that yeah, one, yeah, too. Like there's, yeah. a big, there's a big kind of cult following behind Speed Racer. I've not seen that, actually. No, a lot yeah. of people say it's really good and no one watched it at the time. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're right. I don't think anybody's doing it for Jupiter Ascending, potentially. We'll, we'll see. That is pushing it. It does, is, it does have its, um, its defenders, too, but, yeah, not as many. Not as many. <laughs> but, yeah, there's obviously a big kind of... Uh, it, with the... The later Matrix films, there is kind of a 
two-sided feeling on those films as mm. well. Yeah, you know, yeah, it doesn't seem to be some people who like it. It is a case of you either love it or you hate it. Yeah. Um, so mm. I think yeah, they're they're interesting directors for for that reason, really. Yeah, mm. <laughs> you could probably just throw a dart at any of their films, and it's a, a film that somebody would die on a hill for. So yeah, yeah, that's a great pick for that reason. I think. Yeah, I feel like with Cloud Atlas, what I mean, what took. What I would could again, I'm playing devil's advocate again. Sure, I apologize. Sure. Yeah, That's what it. it needed and what it didn't have was that everything, everywhere, all at once thing of there being a singular start, right? Because okay. it does the thing it's where of, we're sprawling, yeah, yeah, like it doesn't have that sort of anchor, yes, it just it is massively sprawling, the, and, yes, the, all the narrative threads like go in different directions from minute one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, well, it's sort of bookended by, um, like, a grandfather in the future telling a campfire story. And, That's uh, true. And the movie ends that way. I forgot about that bit. But you, but you, <laughs> but you do, but yeah, but you do forget about it. And the end of the film it ends that way by finishing the story. And you're like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they run out of money and they were like, let's just film this on the beach. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure the novel has that as well. But um, And also the uh, Jim Broadbent, bit i'd remember oh i really like the residential home stuff uh, do you okay um, yeah 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 i wasn't that keen but on the sci-fi things. stuff is so breathtaking like yeah. the future neo tokyo stuff or neo soul sorry um oh, that's, south yeah. korea mm-hmm. um it is so breathtaking even by today's standards some mm-hmm. of the images are like could, could give denny villeneuve uh, a run for his money <laughs> and just to think they were doing this in 2012 and i you know i've never seen anything that looked this great before yeah um mm-hmm. even though you get small glimpses of it i just like Oh, there's so much of this world that is fully realized, almost like a George Miller project where things are well thought out, mm. but they're in the background. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. They can almost sort of exist in their own worlds if they had the time to. But yeah, nobody th- overthinks like the Wachowskis <laughs> in terms of like, you know, even down to like the smallest vehicle in the background in the street um, that nobody paid, pays attention to other than me. Um, <laughs> you will, um, yeah, there's plenty of depth to be found there, even if the narrative is not the strong suit of the film, uh, which I agree with you. Mm, agree with you. But, that, but that, that's, I think that's part of it, though. I think I think you're on something there. I'm not considering that light, the sort of the, the background nature bit, and it, it sort of complements that sort of vagueness. Like I love like a sort of vague, sprawling mm. sci-fi. Like I don't care if the narrative doesn't really necessarily make sense. I mean, mm. I, I don't remember being that hot on the film when I saw it, but sure. thinking about it in through this way and the way you've sort of set it up in your intro to the film, like I don't know, like. That appeals to me more. This idea it's about so earnest that you cannot be. You, you, it's like kicking a puppy if you're if you're mad at this movie. It's, <laughs> it's so trying to be. It's like a Richard Curtis film as a weird equivalent. Like, yes, they're phony, right? <laughs> but I, I can tell this comes from a real genuine place. Yeah, and that sometimes comes through in the filmmaking so hard that yes. like. You know, I, I'm feeling it too. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, fair play, man. Well, I think pressure. even with like the latest uh, Matrix film, it's like you've got to give it credit for the fact that they, they, they went for that kind of vision that they mm. had, and they didn't compromise. No, mm. we uh, saw that together. Yeah, we did see that together. I remember you dropping me off at home, and yeah, yeah, they did not compromise, and people turned up for the wrong movie. Um, mm. I love that movie as well. But, I, I really uh, like it. I really admired it. I, I felt. It's just a bit of a segue, but I sort of felt it was um, I, the sort of critique of the industry and about the nature of like sort of rehashing and sequels mm-hmm. was a bit rich 
yeah, given the basis of the film, didn't really do much to sort of reinvent mm. what Ma- the Matrix always was. Um, it very much played on the nostalgic element, but I think he did enough with it. And it, I, again, I think it goes back to what you were saying before in relation to Cloud Atlas, like there's an earnestness there mm-hmm. that sells it. Yeah. Like even if you're like, you have critical reservations about some of the thematic elements of their films, like they fucking managed to win you over by just being so fucking earnest about it. Yes, mm. yes, yeah. Yeah, good. Good to see a kind of a hundred plus million dollar budget put towards a, an original idea. Well, not an original. It's based on a novel, but not a franchise. As it's well. it's like so. it's kind of similar to to Dune in that way, where people thought this was an unfilmable book. <laughs> yeah, and reading that, yeah, it comes through. <laughs> but they did a good job. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> oh, oh, ASMR for you there. Yeah, room for, yeah, room for uh, now. Hmm. So <laughs> you've been torn. My pick is uh, the 2002 chilly thriller starring Richard Gere and Laura Linney, The Mothman Prophecies. Wow. Uh, how many of you... Has any, has any of you seen this film? I haven't. No, no. no. Oh, yeah. yeah, didn't... Okay, no, this is good. I'm glad because, in a way... <laughs> because it, I'm ready to be converted. I feel, like I've, I feel like I've seen this type of Laura Linney film a lot. Though. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of these that came out in the sort of 2000s, uh, early 2000s, and they're just like... They're, they're a very, it's very much a product of its time of just kind of the chilly American supernatural thriller and, mm. and, and there was certainly a, a type of those that came out and then they sort of waned towards the end uh, of the of the 2000s but like what I love about this particular one is that no one's seen it ever like I, I can't. I have never met anyone that's watched it. <laughs> uh, this episode being a case in yeah, point. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But everyone should because it's an exercise in using style and editing, uh, and post production. Something that I like, kind of personally love to create an atmosphere, a really, really quite incredibly eerie atmosphere, and it does kind of come through. The same way, you know that Brazilian birthday party bit in Signs? It's quite chilly. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's sort of a psychological horror feeling. I think it's quite unique. And this is, like, so good for that. It used, It's just like... I'll kind of give you a, a basic idea of the plot. It sounds naff, because it kind of is. It is. It does sort of fall into that category of uh, kind of forgettable American thrillers. But anyway... Uh, Richard Gere plays a journalist who is buying a house with his wife and he's on the way home. They have a car accident and she smashes her head against the against the side of the car. Shit. Yeah. And it turns out... <laughs> Was it because Richard had hamsters? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Not confirmed. No, no. We can confirm nor deny Richard Gere. <laughs> yeah. it, it was hamsters, wasn't it? Or gerbils, I can't gerbils. remember. Yeah. Fucking hell. What's the difference between a hamster and a gerbil? Gerbils are slightly bigger, so uh, I well, kind of prefer to be hamsters. <laughs> Carry on, sorry. But <laughs> no, you're right. Um, she, the reason why she sort of swerves is because she sees this like horrible figure, this kind of... Uh, it's the Mothman, which sounds shit, I know. I, I'm aware <laughs> that it sounds really lame, but the way the film presents it is actually quite horrifying, and right. it's one of those films where you don't see a lot of the creature. Mm-hmm. It's quite good in that, and I think not enough films are using that kind of method of... It even You could even argue that Alien kind of spaffs it all out at the end when you just see it. Completely, yeah, right? yeah, 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 and it does ruin the illusion. And and I like films. I like particularly horror films where 
the antagonist has the upper hand right through to the end and this film's really good for it as well so anyway like two years pass Richard Gere's wife has died because they found a tumour in her brain which apparently is like an ant's nest so once it once you hit your head it like it spreads really fast mm. it kind of becomes like one of those campfire tales you know of people getting abducted by aliens or something and it has that vibe about it he goes to this town He's been driving for like two hours, but actually he's arrived at a location six hours from where he was, right? And it just it's just him trying to figure out, A, what happened to his wife, and B, what's going on in this town, uh, where a lot of people have sort of been experiencing sort of visions and strange occurrences and stuff. And like, I don't know, it just, I can't recommend it enough. If you want to kind of be low-key, not there's no jump scares in it. It's one of those like sit back, and sort of let the atmosphere, which is achieved through the editing, the sound design's really, really good. Cinematography's fantastic. It's got that grainy, horrible aesthetic and great music, just really, really encapsulating atmosphere. Mm. And it's all done through posts, and that's what I love about it. So, yeah, yeah go and watch it. Um, I've, I've talked about this film quite a lot already now. But, uh, <laughs> wow. Yeah, I don't know if you guys have any other examples of, like, films that are made by the edit. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> well, I was. At, it kind of reminded me of a film that uh, we actually watched together because you recommended it to me, Ben. But mm. um, Lake Munger. Oh my god! And yeah. I was thinking yeah. that there's definitely a, a theme there of kind of really unnerving films that aren't scary in a way, like you said, like jump scares and stuff like that. But they mm. just kind of get under your skin. Yes, so exactly. I, I, yeah. I feel like maybe that's something yeah. you quite like. <laughs> uh, if it it's difficult to achieve, I think like, mm. unusually difficult. Because it's so easy to get wrong, and it's so easy. It, I think there's a real fine line between it being like laughable mm. and really good, and uh, the title doesn't help. It's a naff title. It is, yeah. yeah. It's not yeah. very marketable, yeah. Yeah, Richard Gere potentially. He doesn't need to be in it. It could have been anyone. I feel he's What's actually that, what, a bit what old. Period, what period? What? When did this film come out? Two thousand and two. So two thousand two. Richard Gere. He's not hot then, is he? Really. He's getting on a bit. Like yeah. I mean, he's he's sort I mean, of got that silver foxy sort of yeah, thing yeah. going on about him. But uh, him and Laura Linney have like a sort of slight. There's a slight vibe going on there, uh, which works. You know, works for the 2002 era. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a great we, era for this. Mm. Kind of it is a very, <laughs> yeah, it is yeah. a very ambiguous title. Before you explain to me, this is almost like a monster flick. Yeah. I, I thought it was going to be like a detective sort of, you know, the diaries yeah. element is quite throwing. Yeah. Um, so probably why, why do you think then me playing devil's advocate this time? Go on, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, someone has to take the role, Ben. Yeah. Um, <laughs> why do you think then it kind of slipped through the net then? Why, what, what sort mm. of arguments do you think people had that maybe prevented this film to be a cult classic that you sort of deemed yeah. to be? No, yeah, it's a good question. I think... Uh, Richard Gere and Laura Linney weren't necessarily, I mean, especially Gere, they wasn't necessarily known for that kind of film. Like, he'd yeah. just done Primal Fear and all that kind of stuff. Okay. And um, so there might have been an expectation there for audiences that weren't, that wasn't met. Not a lot of people, I think, I put personally put a lot more merit on things like editing and like there's some really crazy transitions in this. Like, I don't know how they managed it, but it's just like a real. It's an extraordinary achievement, but it's hard to explain why. Because mm, yeah. unless you unless you sort of have a like a personal or professional interest in that field as you do, yeah, both accounts yeah, yeah. like mm. uh, 
it's a hard sell to like a general film watcher to say, but the editing's good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Yeah, that famous line, you know, good editing, you don't see it, right? Like most people watch films, the general public, watch it either without knowing that sort of statement or not. They don't, you know. Yeah, this is the sort of film that would have survived via the 2002 blockbuster market yeah people picking yeah. it up and putting it on for, oh you know, yeah 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 and yeah, yeah. um, it's i can see it on the shelf there i can i can see that i probably walk past it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um but, but yeah yeah I, I, there's a place for those sort of sort of movies and I, I like that yeah i'd be i'd be really really interested if like even if the next few years if you just have an evening that you're like i want to be low-key terrified I'm yeah. Yeah, yeah give it a go because it is um there's some the acting in it isn't the best but it it has the ability like you say alex and like lake mungo did as well it just gets under your skin there's something quite unpleasant about the yes. vibe that it gives off and right to the end as well there's not like a big showdown at the end where he like richard gear pummels mothman to death it's like mothman in the film exists that sounds good yeah i mean i'd like to watch that as well just turns, just turns the light off yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> But um, no, he exists as this kind of like horrific entity, just that that's kind of that you don't really see, and that, that is you don't even really know what its objectives are. And yeah, I just think it's fantastic. Yeah. I think it's really, really like a really underrated hidden gem that's currently on ITVX. So, uh, <laughs> oh, wow. no, no excuse, well, boys. My chosen platform. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. <laughs> well, for me, it's for the, all the Peter Andre content, but I might move away from Richard <laughs> Gere. So, yeah. okay, I'll do that. Uh, Why did you think about the early 2000s, particularly like American cinema, that there seemed to be that vibe? Because mm. what was the name of that uh, Ang Lee film? I know it's not supernatural, but it has a similar sort of, uh, I'm sort of imagining the colour palette now, but like... Um, <laughs> Uh, the one about like, the families, the ice uh, storm. The storm, yeah. The, it's called. Is it called the ice storm? It's called the ice storm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Yes. Another yeah, Elijah yeah. Wood film. Yeah, yeah. 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 See, yeah. Uh, but I, I just feel like there's a certain era of these kinds of movies, mm. um, and I wonder why we think that is. Is it like a post nine eleven thing? I was, or? I was about to say that. Yeah, it was a bit of a nihilistic sort of standpoint on the world. I think it was uh, and post Donnie Darko and a lot of people trying to follow the form of that film a lot i think there's actually yeah mothmat and donnie darko share a it's got that was similar the first vibe. film that came to mind the mm. way you described it like even the title card looks the similar to the donnie darko right, post okay, okay. so yeah that's interesting yeah um, it's strange that it's i mean obviously every sort of era is gripped by a certain genre and mm. i feel like this kind of genre sort of floated under the yeah, I, th- I feel like it might even be something to do with the fact that there was a new millennium and everyone had high expectations, uh, you know, the same as every, yeah, yeah, yeah. every single year. You know, it's that classic thing of people making New Year's resolutions which are unachievable. People probably had that same... A new sort of technological idea. dawn that yeah. never happened. Yeah and, yeah, and you wake up and you're like, it's the same as yesterday. Same and old shit. A, yeah, so there's yeah. a sort of air of disappointment which probably led to a lot of filmmakers feeling quite drab and chilly. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. I've forgotten all the films, but what was the film we watched? The Arnie Y2K film where he fights the devil. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, that was a great film. I really liked that. Was that the one you were telling me he fights Maria Margulies? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. That has jumped immediately to the top of my list of must watch. I books. really liked it. I did. I really liked it. End of days. Oh, yeah. okay. End yeah, of days. Yeah. There's one. There's another. There's one with Julianne Moore called The Forgotten, which is another example of one of those. Arnie in that one. 
Uh, no, unfortunately mm. not. Does he find the devil? Or if he's not in it, he wouldn't, would he? No. So, <laughs> do you think as well, maybe this will play into more of our discussions later, looking at cinema at a, at a wider landscape, but like these kind of mid-budget films or like lower mid-budget films just don't really get made anymore. Yeah. Completely agree. Or yeah. they get made by Netflix and they, they look like shit. Yeah, they tank and they just kind of disappear, which is a lot easier than if you have a theatrical release. Mm. Um, mm. Oh, Butterfly Effect is another. Ah, uh, Ashton oh, yeah. Kutcher. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've seen that one of those. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like you say, post Donnie Darko, even maybe. Yeah. Just there's a string of them. That film's a lot more sadistic, though. That's a, that's almost a hard watch. Yeah, at like, points. Yeah. Bur- burning dogs and things like that. Oh, you know? God, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. There's a good moment in that one. <laughs> <laughs> he smacks someone in the cinema with it. He goes to a cinema one of the kids smacks on one of those like metal poles and right at that again another editing moment right when he it, when it connects it goes slow-mo uh, and you see this kind of 10 year old with this grizzled expression I don't know why it just still sticks in my heart <laughs> anyway yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> cinema highlights yeah <laughs> yeah there is so I, I just sort of, sort of before we move on I sort of think it's interesting to chime on that point of that sort of Y2K anxiety because mm. I, I can really remember it so vividly I remember I think I was living in Ilfracombe at the time and and I remember lying down on the sofa thinking this is the end oh, do you know what I mean God. I was yeah, as a child yeah. I was always just I was a bit morbid as a wow, child but, yeah, yeah. you know I just was brought into this idea that it was all going to be over yeah. it was either, and I guess for like a lot of people it was like it's, it's, it's all going to be over or it's like a technological dawn yeah. or something's going to happen and the increase in expectations mm, yeah uh, and you know we talk about end of days i mean that very much talks about the sort of the, the sort of apocalyptic concern of, of the of the new uh, millennia but i like the idea of that sort of the, the sort of the disappointment it just being the same yeah. which was obviously uh, yeah. going to happen but for a lot of people yeah there was this maybe this heightened expectation and maybe that's the reason these films were so sort of Mm. ubiquitous for that period for that short period of time yeah just uh, i mean the, they're almost humorless i mean i don't know about end of days but they're they're very it didn't devoid take itself, of anything colorful it does take itself quite seriously actually. yeah it's, yeah it's not yeah it is played quite straight for the most part isn't it that's part of the joy of it though isn't it, it? it is it yeah. is gabriel byrne fucking hell he goes big. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah he was a real king of those sort of movies in the early 2000s like stigmata yeah, yeah exactly of, yeah, hell, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah oh man no i, I kind of have I, I do love those because for some reason they're all quite well put together and edited <laughs> yeah um and they've all got quite fancy title sequences uh mothman included shout out to mothman the prophecy's title sequence danny what what's your uh What's your pick? So uh, my pick is uh, a film that I sort of went into not really expecting a great deal. I think you guys had seen it first and uh, you, you didn't... I don't think you disliked it, but you didn't necessarily um, shower it with praise. Okay. And for that reason alone, I was a bit unsure, but uh, it's uh, Life Force. Oh. Toby oh. was Life Force. Yeah. Is, is there, have, you, have you seen this? I have not. It's actually been on my list for okay. a while to see. Uh, but no, I haven't actually seen it. You seen it? No. Oh yeah. man. Okay. Cool. Because because it, uh, it was you and Lee, I think, that told me about it originally. Yeah. And I was like, this was like at the sort of start of my Canon films sort of obsession because I've always loved those kinds of films, and I'm particularly fascinated about Canon films. Obviously, we talked about this in that Canon films episode, but like how they, as a company, existed on the basis that they made a lot of these like very. Uh, right-wing action films mm. um, because I think that was broadly the ideological stance of the company. Um, but they 
commercially speaking and thematically speaking went across lots of different films and lots of different genres and they made all sorts of really weird stuff that that I just can't think of another production company having this sort of exhaustive and broad range. I mean, that's fucking Jean-Luc Goddard on the books for a film. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. they can, <laughs> it's weird that a company can simultaneously have Chuck Norris, yeah. Jean, Jean-Luc Goddard on the books. Yeah. But, uh, you know, anyway, so the film is directed by Toe Pooper of Texas Chainsaw Massacre fame. Mm, yeah. Uh, for those that listen, you know how much that film means to me. I think it's one of the greatest films ever made. Uh, and then he he directed the sequel, which I also really like, Texas mm. Chainsaw Massacre Two, obviously. Yeah. Um, and that's uh, you know that sort of springboarded his collaboration with Canon Films, and he like signed like a multi picture deal, uh, and he made a few films, and this is one of them. And it's the plot, sort of loosely, it's about space vampires. Nice. Yeah. And the space <laughs> vampires attack London and turn people into zombies, right? Yeah, that's right. And there's a sort of that it's kind of it does a sort of it follows thing, but before it follows, obviously, yeah, 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 there's yeah. a sort of idea that you, you pass on this vampiric or sort of zombie virus through having sex, yeah, yeah. And um, much like your pick, Alex, it's this film is chock full of nudity. Oh yeah, there's um, loads of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you'll love it. <laughs> well, <laughs> wandering around like this sort of labs, just like totally naked. For yeah, the yeah. Majority of the film, and that's what I remember from it mostly. If I'm being honest. <laughs> um, but I do. No, yeah. Sorry, I, I just no. It's cool, man. Yeah. I I just I just love it. I think it's um it's written by or co-written by Dan O'Bannon, who wrote Alien. Oh yeah. Okay. So already, like, if you sort of throw his name into the mix, there's this sort of sense of prestige. Yeah, yeah. Because obviously Alien is like, you know, the, the granddaddy of sci-fi horror films. Like, there's not really a film, certainly sort of in terms of, like, broad appeal that comes close. Mm. And that's yeah. marginally a fair assumption, I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think what Toe Poop is so good at doing is that he sort of takes these sort of lofty ideas. It's a very sort of lofty film. It's beautifully designed. It's beautifully shot. But he, he does... Ha- he, he also ideas to the canon films vibe simultaneously yeah so there's like a sort of duality to the film on the one hand there's this sort of sci-fi loftiness that reaches for the heights of like you know early ridley scott or like steven spielberg um which i think toby Hooper sort of like uses particularly spielberg he did a um, yeah, poltergeist didn't yeah, he? Poltergeist. Yeah, 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 yeah of course yeah yeah it's the crossover of god yeah i forgot about that yeah, yeah, yeah. um and then he did invaders from mars oh yeah as well a remake again with canon films mm. and um that's like a so Spielbergian, but like just through this sort of the naff prism of canon films. <laughs> but there's, you know, it, it's totally worth it. Like, I, I know that with canon films, there is a sort of stigma. Sometimes it's definitely earned because uh, some of their films are so fucking shit. It's unreal. Um, but like, they're, they're good ones. Like, I don't know. Like, I just think that the film walks this fine line between this sort of highbrow sci fi and also being simultaneously like sort of this deliriously enjoyable celebration of what cool cinema is really about i think at least the the second no cool's a very loose term but it's certainly in the eye the idea of like so naff is good yeah um and i think it has worth in both and i think the way it amalgamates both of these ends of the cultural spectrum is i think it absolutely nails it personally mm. um i'm biased cause i love canon films and i love toe pooper but um definitely worth it plus patrick stewart's in it oh okay uh, yeah yeah patrick stewart's in it and also the lot of the film, or the latter half of the film's in London. It's quite it's sort of English. It is a lot. Film. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, I, I, I did wonder, because obviously uh, the poster is very sci-fi and all that kind of stuff, so when you said vampires in London, I was like, wait. That's yeah, not yeah. What I yeah, that's not what the poster <laughs> said. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah. The poster is so misleading. Yeah. yeah. But um, I don't know, that that's kind of Canon Films bread and butter a little bit as well, I think. Oh, absolutely. I, think. I love the poster. It's an eye, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's like, yeah. It's like oh. the life force being drained from him. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah! Oh yeah, baby! <laughs> I, th- I think the viewing that I had that you're talking about, Danny, with uh, with Dan and Lee and Alfie, we I think we were too keen on laughing at it, and which you can do though. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm not saying that 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 I can't, I'm not saying that that attitude towards it doesn't have its merit because yeah. that goes to I think what I think when we look back at canon films, in the same way we sort of look back at quite a lot of films from the 80s more broadly. Yeah, is that. Um, you know, there is, you know, it is a reflection of the sort of um, the excess of the time. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, I think the reason why Canon Films is such a, I guess, a standard bear, standard bearer of the time is because these are two guys that come to America, buy into the idea of the American dream. I mean, they're both from Israel. You know, they buy into the idea of the American dream and they just fucking double down on it with yeah. their films and all of their films ridiculously excessive in every conceivable way you know even the ones that have got obviously no money behind them whatsoever <laughs> in the sort of later canon films yeah. but i don't know like so i'm not saying that like people sitting down laughing it is is like a, not a totally valid thing to do well it's funny because we expected to laugh more and i think we were disappointed that it wasn't that it was actually quite a, you know it was trying yeah to, yeah, to, yeah and i quite i've seen it again since and i was a bit more I was more kind of keen on it for some reason, mm. and like because I was bang on about it. Well, I mean, it was partially that. I remember you, <laughs> you mentioning it, and I thought I must rewatch Life Force. And also, it's a fascinating story. You know, a lot of canon films are in that a lot of people had a lot of high hopes for it, and yeah. invested a lot of money into. This oh film. yeah, it was and an expensive ex- movie for canon. Yeah, it was like taught, touted as the next Alien, like you say, yeah. basically. And yeah, yeah. When it wasn't that, it was they were quite. Uh, Gutted. I mean, but that speaks more broadly to the sort of attitude of the sort of Golan and Globus, the owners of Canon more broadly, is that they, you know, they seldom had like an original idea. They would like just jump on what was the dominant cultural sort of wave of the time and then make pale imitations of those films. (laughs) And sometimes they work like, and I think this is an example of that. and 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 it works better because of films that Alien, which obviously is a better movie. Yeah. But like, like it works better because there are better films that this film is trying to copy or yeah. ape, mm-hmm. and it, it works better for it. <laughs> the, the, the alien exists, even though Alien is better. Uh, I don't know how if you guys can figure that out because I can't, but <laughs> I don't know. Really, I think it's excellent for a very different pick. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Has, has anyone got any honourable mentions? I've got quite a few actually. Oh yeah. Um, shall I start? Go on, yeah, yeah. yeah start right. this round robin off. Just really quickly, because I could delve into all of these with quite a lot of significance. <laughs> you look very intense when you just <laughs> yeah. said that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I've got gone for two Danny Boyle films. Of Let's course. get these out of the way. Yeah. Uh, I think The Beach is great. Uh, I think Sunshine is great. A lot of people love Sunshine. Yeah. Now. I, like Sunshine. Uh, I like Sunshine. Yeah. yeah. Did you uh, Did you watch the outdoor screening uh, that happened in Falmouth? Yeah, the beach. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was an excellent choice. Yes, it was great. I, I think a lot of people shit on the beach for being a kind of, I mean, and it is this is a kind of uh, DiCaprio vehicle from like post. He just done Titanic, right? Mm. But 
I actually think it's quite a good adaptation of the book. Yeah. And I wish Ewan McGregor was in it, but like, I just think it's yeah. really, really entertaining. Really good. Again, I'll say it again, a really good soundtrack. Like, it's got Moby and it's got a lot of this yes. kind of dance, trancey classics, which I personally love. Um, Boyle's good at utilizing that kind of music. Oh, sound yeah, yeah. Soundtracks, He's it? very zeitgeisty in that respect. Yeah, think, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, Alien Autopsy at the Atlas. Oh, yeah. I would defend that film. Wait, <laughs> I mean, do you know what? That, I remember this is a bit of a, uh, just an option, but we, we used to go to a friend's house to get stoned yeah. all the time and he always had it on his DVD shelf <laughs> and I had seen it before I was mean, yeah, yeah. looking at it and think what the fuck is that doing there yeah. I haven't thought about that film in so long and what then Jack yeah what man they're, they're all right actors <laughs> they're not they're not bad is that it? like <laughs> is that that sort of like I know this film preceded the release of the film I'm going to mention but is, mm. is this um, uh, sort of answer to Paul mm. <laughs> is it an autopsy <laughs> yeah 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 absolutely. like God for yeah. and Jack Oh man, I just I just like it. I just think it's entertaining, and I think it's one of those films which you see the you see who's in it, and you think because obviously you know Deck they're like they're sort of plastered all over British television, and they're very much that kind of the TV personality. And you watch it like there's some gusto in this. Like they've tried to make a good film out of this, and there's some moments of like with genuine dramatic weight, and you're like, what am I watching? It's like you're watching something with. Like Kerry Katona or something, and that's making you cry. It's like a- <laughs> <laughs> is Kerry Katona in it? No, I, I wish she was. Yeah, yeah, when I went to the showcase. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you, were, I, you were there I, that day. Yeah, yeah, yeah I was yeah. there that day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did you uh, speak to her? No, I didn't. Oh, oh actually. I feel like she might have handed me a balloon. <laughs> I, remember, I know that's yeah, weird, she but she wanted, yeah, it, she was, had, it was National Free Balloon Day. <laughs> yeah, she had yeah, a balloon yeah. that she wanted to be like put behind so she could watch film with the kids. Oh, yeah, I yeah. Think, that's, yeah. Sensible. That's, a, that's a weird anecdote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I remember. It's weird. Yeah, we both. Yeah, for the, the listeners, we both used to work at Showcase together. And Kerry Katona came in. Yes. Probably the defining moment of my life. Actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know about you. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got the feeling you were just saying that to me feel bad. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry about we committed derailed you. Oh good. No, no. Um uh eight uh, then finally I'll say Lady in the Water. Quite, oh wow, okay. Quite oh, like Shavala. it. Yeah, quite like it. I don't know why. I'd um again, James Newton Howard uh did a really good job with this uh with the music in it. And um but the film I mean it's got its problems. I know it's got its problems. Every Shyamalan film does, but yeah, that's exactly, part of the joy, yeah. right? Well this yeah. is it. Like I can overlook those problems. Like I can overlook the problems in like signs and you know, unbreakable. But for some reason no one else did. Everyone saw the problems and were and really attached themselves to this I haven't, I haven't really admitted this to a lot of people actually it's just slightly <laughs> shameful but I will I love that yeah. Alien Autopsy isn't uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, and I'm not judging you with that I love you for that and I, yeah. I'm glad I mentioned that one actually yeah, yeah. yeah. there we go they're, they're, they're my honourable mentions nice go on then Chris what are yours okay I'm thinking um, I was thinking about this your day and I really like Phantom Menace Oh. Um, which I feel like people always say of all the prequels, Revenge of the Sith is the one that people agree it's you know it has its fun. It's a, it's an opera of sorts, yeah. but Phantom Menace has a has a real quality to it. Um, it's the only one of the prequels that's shot in film, and I think it has. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, and the other two were digital. Yeah. 
yeah, it's like one of the last kind of movies of that period to be truly shot that way. And also, it's it just a defining moment for George Lucas to kind of be obviously doing something brand new with uh, with special effects and, and completely puncturing the cultural bubble of expectation mm. of what his new trilogy was going to be. But, I mean, Phantom Menace talked to, get, talked to death, isn't it? But I really enjoy that film. Um, I, I, I do think the Darth Maul sequence is really cool and kind of the only thematic the fakes, punch. Right? Yeah. Yeah, oh, fucking hell. Oh, that is the best Star Wars song. Yeah, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. right? I mean, I'm not even that into Star Wars, but when I hear that, I go, well, yes. <laughs> I, I occasionally play it in the car. <laughs> Like, before I go, to a motorway. Before I go to the gym. <laughs> oh, get you ready for it. And it is a motivator. It is a motivator. There's no judgment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I really like that movie. This one's going to make me really unpopular. Um, it has a lot of problems. Um, <laughs> um, I really like 2007's Wild Hogs. Oh, that is shit. that is a, that's a curveball. That is a deep cut. I know that's deep cut. I think it's got nineteen percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and it was so is the beach. So it's okay. yeah, it was. <laughs> I like the beach as well, but um, <laughs> it is critically panned. It is um, a proper dad movie to end all dad movies, but it it it's, it focuses on four essential performances: John um, John Travolta, Tim Allen. Uh, Martin Lawrence and William H. Macy and I think they're kind of the thing that gets me through the journey is they're kind of they kind of seem like they're having fun yeah um, okay well there are some terrible moments I actually think you know the movie does not play well now because there's moments of homophobia that really do uh, not play okay. well well today at all um but the rest of the film is just kind of a, a fun ride um the, yeah I, I enjoy it and um, we got Ray Liotta chewing the scenery up occasionally um yeah I, it's a real shameful one but i think it it's worth mentioning because it's uh if we're talking about films with dying a hell for it i wouldn't die in a hell for it i mean I, I get it i get it it's not great but i like it it's like city slickers but on motorbikes oh, ah, nice. yeah, fine fair play yeah go on alex all right uh mine might be um kind of telling for my kind of terrible taste um spider-man 3 I think. Oh wow! Okay. Is, okay. I, I think. I think it is maybe not as g- good as one and two, but it is not a bad film. It is still a very good film, and I think it really sticks to uh, Sam Raimi's vision of um of of what Spider Man is and who Peter Parker is and what Peter Parker would think being cool is. Referring <laughs> to the emo phase. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Which is which we all went through. I mean, exactly, right. exactly, and it's not cool. And I think that's that's exactly what Peter Parker would think. Yeah, he's a, right. he's a deeply okay. Yeah, <laughs> I like to sort of watch that with that in mind. Yes, yeah. I I always like Tobey Maguire's Peter Parker because, I do. because yeah, 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 he's my Peter Parker. You, still. Yeah. but also you can fully understand why people would bully him sometimes. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, You're like, okay, yeah. yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah. Andrew Garfield, like, I wouldn't bully that guy. No, I yeah. don't know Tom about Tom Holland. Holland. He's too young. I, I, you know, it's difficult. Just yeah, to, like, yeah. Picking on a kid. Then. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Go, I'm like, yeah. yeah, I get it. There, there, there's a deeper well of ethical considerations for bullying Tom Holland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think Spider-Man Three really sticks the landing. I remember the ending being really satisfying for some reason. It concludes the whole trilogy. Yeah, quite yeah, yeah, it was good. And yeah. it's, it's a shame that Sam Raimi wasn't able to get like his full vision out there because I, I know he, he like despised having to put Venom in there and stuff like that yeah, he hated and I Venom, think that's understandable yeah. but in terms of like an adaptation uh, it, it does work pretty well um, I just think people have quite high expectations 
um, of Venom going in, but he is, you know, Toe for Grace. Yeah, is yeah, yeah, yeah. playing yeah, against yeah. type there as well. But like Venom is just an aesthetically pleasing character. He's not actually very deep, um, mm. and I think that's why the Venom films have kind of struggled yeah. in that sense as well. <laughs> um, yeah. Then if we were sticking in the superhero realm. Um, me and Chris both love this film, Aquaman. I don't know how. I don't think it gets that much hate, but no, I, quite, I do think it's ridiculously silly, and I love it for that reason. Yeah, I, I quite. I, I mean, I. Funnily enough, when I first bought a large, not this TV, but I bought a, 50, a fifty-five. I bought a fifty-five. Oh, like a big boy, not overcompensating. <laughs> um, when I bought it, and, and I we put it, I put it in a flat, and our flat was quite small, and my partner Georgia was fucking furious like she was so angry it's probably the most angry she's ever been with me when I bought a big TV because he just dwarfed the room (laughs) and I tried to win her over with Aquaman which didn't work but um, (laughs) look at the colours HDR Um, but I mean yeah it it is is energetic to the point of being nonsensical It, it makes no sense um, yeah. But I kind of, I kind of with you as far as like the DC super films certainly go. Anyway, at least there's some sort of color and brightness to it. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Not seen it. Uh, Maybe yeah. I should uh, watch it. Do, yeah. do you know what? It is, um, it is a lot of fun. Ha- watch ha- with company. Watch it with yeah, company. Okay. Have a couple of beers. I think yeah, that's. Yeah. Have you seen the, is the sequel? I like uh, We went to see it recently. We went to see it. it is, it is also very silly. I don't think it's as good as the first. Um, but it is. It it, no. it it kind of maintains the the vibe, I would say. Yes, I think it does have the pressure of the studio wanting to get it out, and yeah, and to end yeah, this thing, yeah, they want to wreck on the whole <laughs> yeah. thing, yeah, 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 putting it to yeah. bed. But you know, there's still the fun to be had. It's yeah. not, it's not awful. Yeah, it's um, okay. Yeah, still inherently very, very silly. Mm. Uh, and then I think the tides have turned on this one a little bit in in, in a good way. Um, but Guillermo del Toro's Pacific Rim. I don't uh, think uh, oh, yeah, great, well yeah. liked at yeah, the time, yeah, yeah. but I think he is an incredible director. If you watch that film, it's just it's so well done. He has such a great way of kind of um, showing size, scale, yeah. scale, ground level action as well. Exactly. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, and just like the mechanics of how that whole kind of weird, uh, you know, the the mind linking to the robots and all that kind of stuff with all the great kaiju fights. I think it is. I think it's really, really fun. Um, almost just like watching like a Saturday morning cartoon or something. And I think he he really gets the vibe right. And then the final one, which is a bit of a weird one, um, Cars Three. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Wow! Oh, I've not seen Cars. I've not seen. But... I don't think I've. I think I've seen one Cars film. Yeah, but, I think um... I saw half of the first one with my nephew, and then like I left. Um, I like. Oh, I think it was <laughs> But yeah, I remember that. Well, that was the one that got like thirty-eight percent. It was the first rotten films for Pixar, wasn't it? Notably. Yeah, and it. What well, I think it made money, but it was like the first time. Yeah. people considered yeah. them to have fucked up. Yeah, uh, which is yeah, like the Cars films are very much about selling a product, uh, which was obviously the toy cars, and I think they did well for that reason. Uh, the first Cars film, I think, is excellent. The yeah. second one is absolutely rubbish. Um, but I think the third one is a return to form, and I think it was really powerful. <laughs> and in the good way that Pixar... The, the, the good way that Pixar do their thing uh, of of kind of making it quite a, an emotional, okay, emotional okay, okay. film. And I, I did cry at the end. Oh, yeah. You, you asked for <laughs> Yeah, I cried at the end of yeah. Fair play. Fair enough, man. Yeah, yeah. no, no. It's That's just, it's it is, it's almost like a carbon copy of the first yeah. one, but this time, 
um you know lightning mcqueen is the is the mentor i'm with um, you i really like the first movie and i like the small like the whole small town setting of it and like mm-hmm. the fish out of water thing that's being done to death but it's very sweet but yeah i, I can't say i had the same experience with you number three I, <laughs> I i thought it was very like under the radar and, and he, it was very forgettable um i feel definitely better than cars too but um yeah because you told me your response to the movie before i'd seen cars 3 i was like oh wow I can't, this, this thing sounds amazing that's like that would change my life and it's like oh it's fine <laughs> it's, it's yeah i maybe put too much expectation on it i don't know what i was feeling the night i watched it yeah uh, maybe maybe i was it uh, collie but i think yeah. I, I, I haven't watched it since so maybe i'm, I'm completely wrong uh, but there's the the kind of mental relationship between the new car that's involved in like. <laughs> oh, I, I can see I your think, eyes going already. I, I think it's really sweet, <laughs> and I, I really like it. And <laughs> even though you know she's going to win in the end, when she does, you're like, they aren't that. They aren't. Oh, that. <laughs> she was a girl car, was she? She was a girl car. Uh, Political correctness gone mad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and this was 2016. Yeah. <laughs> oh wow! You got Cars three gone woke. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, yeah, I don't really have any particular reverence for it, but I'm a hardened, tubby, cynical bastard, so. Yeah, I, I've problem. never, I've never, the Cars franchise, but it went over my head a little bit. Morally nicely, hard. But <laughs> so far, anyway, I, it's not to say I won't see it at some point. Just either. watch one and three down, yeah, like two, two. Yeah. Nice, yeah. Yeah, I've sort of fallen out of favour with Pixar. I just, I can't, yeah. I can't stomach I it. I think the last one I really thought was a really great was Inside Out. And then after that, okay. it, it just sort of dropped off for me a little bit for some reason. Maybe uh, I'll give Cars a one go then, just to sort of see if it brings it brings it back for me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm worried now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll, go on, we'll go on your podcast and we'll start. Like, before I think, you start. Yeah. But maybe it's the same thing with Chris. Maybe maybe I've put too much expectation on it, and maybe that's why I really liked it because I maybe didn't have the expectation. So um, maybe yeah, maybe just wait until you've forgotten my uh, my review. Of it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm enough. really not selling it. Maybe I went downhill for it. Now that I'm talking about it. Yeah. No, don't back down. I'm back in, I'm not no, backing this myself. Is the whole point. Yeah, 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 we're meant to be. We we die on a hill for it. It doesn't mean everyone would, I suppose. Yeah, yeah personal exactly. to us. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. fine. <laughs> yeah, maybe okay. I needed to rewatch it before I put that out into the world. That's the great thing about it, isn't it? Like, there's a sense of ownership, which I think is greater. If like a film is sort of like not, you know, I, mean, I guess we all sort of own films in our own way because we perceive them in our own way, and that's how we enjoy them. But if a film is universally panned or disliked or forgotten, as you said in the intro, like, yeah, I think there's a sort of sense of ownership and a closeness that you have that you probably don't have with like really great films mm. you know oh, what I mean yeah, yeah, or at least the relationship you're not able to share that experience with as many people yeah, and yeah maybe there's a little bit of shame behind that yeah so you keep it to yourself but yeah it, they're, like you're right there's a sense of ownership and then and uh and a nostalgia there yeah, too. yeah yeah and maybe like something that you're seeing that not everybody else is seeing so you're like you don't get it, man. Just reason, man. Sort of slumped in an alleyway with a bottle of cider. Like, well, I don't get it. Well, we were, we were both working in Toys R Us at that time, and you came in in the morning in the staff meeting. And you made that the point of conversation. You just oh, came, guys, man. I just saw Cars three last night. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you got a, that was a strong move. That was a power. And move. everybody there was captivated. Like everybody oh. like you know, I think everybody went to see the movie after you spoke about it. Fucking hey, well you give them some money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just yeah. shill, your corporate shill. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it was just the hours and hours of like putting out the cars characters onto onto shelves and yeah, stuff. And I was what like, you might. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
That's great. Uh, yeah. Oh, God. It's terrible. Not, not really. Okay, so I didn't actually write them down, but I'm going to say uh, Eraser. Okay. Seen Eraser? Arnold Schwarzenegger? I uh, have not. No, good. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Good, good stuff. Yeah, yeah. So Eraser, 96. Mm, okay. Um, you know, just the night, like the way you were talking about those, um, you know, films in the sort of 2000s, those sort of dread-inducing yeah. post-9-11 sort of thrillers. Yeah. Uh, the 90s was just full of those sort of action films that were terrified about technology. Yeah. Uh, Eraser's just about like heat sensor sniper rifles. <laughs> <laughs> and a bit where... Arnie shoots a crocodile in the face and says, your luggage. So Beautiful. <laughs> cinema, cinema history. Yes. Cinema Made. peaked. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I have a, a, a spot for Arnie, which is probably far too soft. Uh, I know Lee's also, you know, it was a very similarly, you know, love yeah. for Arnie to me. Um, I think we tried to watch it together and he fell asleep. <laughs> Um, <laughs> which is a shining indictment yeah. of the film is that he is someone that is very perhaps more so than me even definitely so more you know comfortable in the world of sort of shit films and even he fell asleep so I yeah, don't know what yeah. it says about a razor <laughs> fucking I love razor. Commando that movie's so fun Commando for me is like legitimately probably the, the best action film of all yeah. time yeah bar maybe hard boiled but you know I, I genuinely love it genuinely I love True Lies. That's what I love. True Lies yes. is great. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Jimmy Lee Curtis. Yeah, yeah. 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 Arnie's Arnie's great. Like mm. he is great. Like I like action era Arnie. I don't like. Uh, I like. I don't sort of mind modern Arnie now. I didn't like Governor Arnie at all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, but you know, like I, I I this period. I don't know. Like obviously, like he's, he's he's a fading power by this point, and I think it's reflected in the quality of his movies, mm. and that's something that really interests me anyway. The sort of yeah. narrative around films often makes me like them more than I probably should. Yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah, great film. Uh, the other one was another Canon Films action film, Invasion USA. Oh, yeah. I've talked about this a lot. So uh, on this podcast, <laughs> I don't want to just shoehorn it in. Uh, I think we were saying before, as we were sort of like, you know, laying out the episode and chatting, um, catching up, it's, uh, it, you know, Chuck Norris is ideologically speaking, someone you perhaps shouldn't if you're of my political persuasion, um, be that enthusiastic about. <laughs> um, and again, a lot of the films he's in also <laughs> ideologically, you know, as we, as we know, Canon films made their, their, their dollars, <laughs> yeah. you know, selling a, a political viewpoint that wasn't always uh, conducive to progress. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I think, uh, I, I just love it. I think it's one of the best, you know, it, it encapsulates that sort of, or sort of dredges up that Cold War paranoia mm. so well. And uh, his peak, Chuck Norris, uh, he double denim. Oh. Uh, not his best wardrobe, though. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> yeah. What was the film we watched where his wardrobe was really good? Oh, okay. The one where the film starts off and they're like bin men. What was that one? Yes, and it turns into a little bit of Robocop. Yeah, end, yeah, yeah. The, oh, what was that film? What's that right, film called? Have to go back to my letterbox now. Yeah, yeah. It was around the time we watched End of Days. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was. Oh, it was the same. It was the same uh, day. Wasn't code, it? code of Silence. Oh yeah, his yeah, wardrobe yeah. in that is so fucking yeah. strong, man. Yeah. God, he's so good. Yeah. <laughs> what, what was the other one we watched him in? Um, where he plays like uh, the main cop, and there's a guy who gets like Frankenstein back to life. Oh yeah, yeah, and it's it's the weirdest film in his filmography because 
he's so fucking horny in it. Yeah, there's like three or four sex montages. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Complete <laughs> with like, yeah, 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 yeah. Complete with like sliced fruit. Yes. So it's, like, it's, like, it's like a fruit salad just resting on there. It's, just, it's such a fucking horny movie. Oh, yeah, wow, it really is. It. it wasn't good. It wasn't good at all. Could you, sorry, use your letterbox to yeah. find it because oh, I can't remember the title. Good. All right, when did we see? We saw, we saw that one fairly recently. Silent Rage. Silent Rage. Yeah, that's an anomaly for him cinematically because he is that is because he certainly I think as as a sort of the character he wants to portray in his film certainly in the canon era is like you know very stoic and very uh, sound of values you know very much chiming with the eighties you know Reagan era values you know Mm. which is the sort of resurrection of the sort of conservative values of the fifties but through the prism of the eighties but well the sort of excess of the 80s and he's like this sort of symbol of moral decency mm. and that's that's what makes that film weirder given that there's, like, there's so much horniness yeah but he still um kicks like a whole biker game yeah, yeah. great scene yeah with one scene. kick <laughs> multiple kicks <laughs> but only yeah, kicks yeah. <laughs> doesn't leave the ground for like five minutes <laughs> he just has like 10 bikers all like come after him and he just kicks them all through windows it's great. It's, oh, that that was probably like one of the best scenes, but yeah. it is quite minimal on the action. If yeah, right, yeah. Right. Which is again, it takes a surprise. A and the yeah. biker, the biker scene is very much just like, I think it's just there for a little bit more action because it doesn't play into the film at all. Oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It was, yeah, it was a strange film. It has its good moments. Yeah. <laughs> the last two, I'm going to say this is a double bill. Okay. Uh, Willow. Oh, okay. Warwick Davis. Yeah. Uh, Fern Gully. Okay. The other one. Yeah, nice, nice. Animated yeah, film. Yeah, I think Willow's experienced a bit of a resurgence, and it got a TV series, didn't it? Did yeah, it, it fell, it fell which flat. Fell flat. Got, then, no, yeah. I think it was our, like worst performing uh, Disney original show. Uh, yeah, they, they actually um, they they took it off. Uh, Disney Plus, so you can't actually watch it. Right oh, there's like a tap. There's Fuck a yeah, reason. Yeah, it was one of those. Eh? Is that still still it? like that? Is it? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Right, there's, right, there's like a reason why they. If they take it off, they save money. Yes. It's like a tax write-off. Yes. So if, they, if they're if they broadcasting it actively, it means they have to pay some kind of weird income tax that yeah. if they take it off, they basically, um, some insurance reasons or whatever. But yeah, it's yeah. bizarre. Like they need any fucking money. Yeah. I know. Well, bad, that's the thing. But, it yeah, was kind of weird for Disney because it's kind of been Warner Brothers' thing at the moment, hasn't it? Just to be like... Oh, yeah, they love it. ...canceling films that haven't even... Their insurance have been much filmed, much. Like, yeah. It's a weird world. It is. But yeah, they're, they're, they're <laughs> films that I've, I've, I've picked. Oh, that's good. Yeah, good stuff. That was good. cathartic. I think so. Yeah, yeah. I enjoyed I've, that. I've got deal. Lady in the Water off my chest for a start. Yes. Uh, I'll talk about that another time, I think. But yeah. Um, no, yeah, I think that's all right. A dedicated yeah. episode, perhaps. Completely, yeah. yeah Six yeah, yeah. hours. Yeah. It's Lady <laughs> in the Water. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then. Now that's right. in the dust. Absolutely. Uh, the landscape of cinema. You know, what four men are better placed to critique <laughs> and analyse yeah. the nuances of, of the industry we love dear? Yeah. Also notice, Ben, you've you've shed a layer and you're wearing the Cineboy Cinnamon T-shirt. I know. Thank oh, you. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know there was merch. Right, uh, this is the only currently only, only one. <laughs> you're wearing the prototype. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I'm sort of toying with the idea. Is that is that arrogant to make merch? Have you thought about doing it? Uh, I have thought about it, yes. Uh, I don't think anybody would buy it, but I, did, I thought it'd be fun uh, when me and Chris went to um, Ireland on a holiday together I thought it would be fun if we both had Phil Mangle t-shirts 
<laughs> I mean, I'd, I'd buy one. But uh, yeah, no. so we had a film angle Guinness. <laughs> yes, oh, we did. Oh, we, yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, unfortunately, Ben, for you, I've bought eight thousand hoodies with Cinderboys and Sony on them. So. <laughs> We're going to sell them for £48 And each. the warehouse that they're currently residing in. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I bought a plot of land just outside Bangkok. I wonder what that is. <laughs> Shipping costs are an outrage. So the price of the hoodie is about 78 quid. Yeah. But it's, you know, it's worth it. I wonder what that invoice was about. Yeah, yeah. I used your credit card. Yeah, yeah. sorry. That uh, is like every YouTuber ever. It's like yeah, pay yeah. $50 for my shirt. Oh, yeah, bad, yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. There's a few I follow. Uh and they're just it's like you're in no fit state to be making merch yet you are yeah mm. you get cancelled the week after they release it yeah yeah <laughs> just like and maybe just... maybe that's why I don't want to <laughs> yeah. I like the idea of 8,000 hoodies <laughs> I like the idea of making merch that maybe isn't like related to uh, just having the logo but like that being like the brand but then you're making t- like film t-shirts like people would buy it without listening to the podcast yeah I yeah. like that idea but um yeah I'm not I see <laughs> yeah I mean the front of our hoodies uh, are our respective genitals oh cool okay yeah, how yeah. did you get a picture you were asleep oh fair enough <laughs> the landscape of Hollywood <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah that's what we're here for our hot takes um and the reason I sort of thought this would be quite an interesting area to discuss is because um I guess not only are we sort of on the precipice of a huge uh, technological shift with the presence of AI or the, the slow emergence of AI. Well, not slow, actually. It's already sort of encroaching on various aspects of our lives. Mm. Uh, and no more so is this more apparent than the film industry. Mm. Um, but also just to sort of discuss or touch base with you guys and discuss the, the very nature of it in terms of the mainstream versus the independent. Um, particularly since Nolan himself came out during a discussion at Oppenheimer and said thank god for Marvel movies mm, yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I guess to sort of kick it off I, I I think he's obviously talking about that Covid era cinema mm. uh, and how obviously it was a really trying time for pretty much any industry but you know, any industry that was dependent on viewership, spectatorship which the cinema experience obviously is. It was a trying time, and I guess one of the few sort of pulls was Marvel. Yeah, I think, yeah, he probably meant it in a way of, like, keeping the venues alive um, just through that appeal. But we are in that kind of phase now, aren't we, where they're not being uh, as well-received by the general public. Mm. Um, Not just kind of critically, but, like, financially as well. So if the Marvel movies aren't bringing people back to the cinema, what is? Yeah. Um, and then, but hopefully, I like to feel like we can be optimistic because of Barbenheimer from last year because mm. I think there was an element of like turning cinema into an event again yeah. and a communal a communal experience. That was very good. I, yeah. you know, I yeah. liked that. Yeah, yeah. I want more of that. But um, yeah, I, I'm not sure how we're going to do that. Um, I, I don't think you can always just pair the most bizarrely. <laughs> yeah, it'd be a marketing <laughs> trope that would be become pretty tired pretty quick. Uh, I think, yeah, yeah. completely. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah but, um, thoughts exactly. I think I think that got people excited about going to the cinema again, and um, hopefully there's some kind of lingering feelings there. But uh, yeah, because yeah, Marvel aren't going to do it anymore. Yeah, it's um, hard. It's hard to recreate a Barbenheimer event though, because I think the strength of how successful that was was simply due to how juxtaposed those two projects were mm. um, and how sort of amped up by marketing. They, I, I think people who went to see it mostly 
generally probably were less interested in the films themselves and more of the event of it. So uh, yeah, I don't. It's, will we ever see another version of that again? I don't. Think I, so. I think it'll be a bad move for studios to try and manufacture the well, same. It's very feeling. fleeting, isn't it? Because it, it was organic. Made, yeah, it, it was made by it was by the masses, right? That was the whole idea of, about Barbenheimer was that it was created by us, right? It wasn't created by studios. So if a studio tries to recreate it, people are going to. It'll stink, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, they're yeah, going to yeah. sniff that yeah. out. No, and and no one will watch either of the films. And I think that'll be a massive shame. However, you're right, Alex, in the sense that I think something like that needs to happen at least once a year. Yeah, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. a, a kind of phenomena where people get excited about it, and it kind of re- reaches sort of international news. And and yeah, that was really refreshing about last year. Do you think maybe um, it's going to bring it's going to bring back that idea of the director as the star? Um, I, I feel like general audiences now know who Greta Gerwig is. I think she. I, yeah. I, I think her name. People is pretended to know with... who she was before Barbie as well, okay. which I thought was really fascinating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, like you know, the fact that Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer was probably only big because Nolan was attached to it. Yeah, yeah. he's you know he's a name there, and I think with. June part two, I think, you know, Denis Villeneuve is, is becoming a, a, a director that people just want to go see what he's doing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so potentially the director as star is back. We'll yeah. see. But yeah, it's very it's a very nineties thing that, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and I think to see that come back would be interesting because I think we've talked about this a few times on the podcast, but the idea like there's a limited pool of those. You said Nolan, totally, Tarantino. Yeah. Yeah. Spielberg. Yeah. Yeah. I I'd wager to say they're the three main ones. Yeah. Um I don't think I don't think Spielberg has that par anymore. No, it? you're probably no, right actually, yeah. thinking about it. I am trying to think how much the Fableman's made, but maybe um not much. No. no. His, his last movie. few films haven't no. made that much, which is which is where the argument kinda of goes in the bin of a little bit. Yeah, but then yeah. but then like Scorsese, I'm I'm pretty sure I know it was a massive budget, but I'm pretty sure Flowers of Killer Flowers of the Killer Moon Killers of the... F- no, I keep doing he that. He does that all. I, 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 If you listen to our episode on it, I twist it all the time. Awful. I even put out a social media post <laughs> yeah. with it the wrong way round and everything. Like, no. Terrible. Oh, Killers of the Flower Moon. I think it did pretty well in the end, if I remember rightly. Mm, um, yeah, I think so. For, so. for an Apple film, I think it did make... I don't think it... If you look at the figures, it made its money back in inverted commas, but it will absolutely make its money back through... Yeah. However, the fuck they make their money, yeah. <laughs> the the sort of streaming services, but um, yeah, that was popular and it's got Oscar buzz. So even if it doesn't make its money, it it will fare well for the company. For sure. I think Gladstone will win best lead female. I'd be very surprised if she doesn't. Yeah, if she it. doesn't win it, I, I, yeah, no. she deserves I, it. As well. I, I think I she wrong. deserves it as well, but I, I I'm a little not worried because I think it's also a really good performance. But um, I feel like Emma Stone might take it. Oh, yeah. okay. she's, already won, she's already won one though is she not I might think she, she's yes. been winning a lot of the awards in like you know the, the minor kind of yeah, award yeah, ceremonies sometimes. that kind of predict sometimes what the Oscar's uh, okay. going to be yeah. she keeps winning those uh, really? has she not won an Oscar before am I just am I uh, she's been nominated definitely sporting did she do did she not did she not win for La La Land oh that's that was a film I was thinking of where yeah. Like, yeah. she got tipped because she was in like Easy A before that. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Drew, uh, <laughs> I said sharp analysis earlier. <laughs> I probably should have done. No, but I really like that point you made about the idea of, uh, and again, you, you, Yanthimos, right? Like he's another yeah. name, and we said this, and I think you guys as well touched on it in your episode. The idea that you know his films have a draw. Mm. Um, Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> 
you know, his films have a draw too. Yeah. Um, so I think that's a, that's a point. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's like you can't resist the beer. He's got over <laughs> two beers. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to yeah, hold the mic in, his, in between his thighs and just <laughs> skull two beers as we talk. Um, yeah, no, I think that's an interesting point that I'd not considered. Uh, I'd be interested to s- see if that grows or mm. into something meaningful. I think, I, I think, I think, sorry to interject. No, go on, go for it. I think it's just really hard to grasp what works. And I think the studios and film culture in general struggles to know what people want and what gets people into the cinema. It's almost a weird algorithm time that we're living in that you can't predict anything. And it funnels into our films that we watch too. Yeah, like, yeah. You, you see the strain in every big, massive blockbuster to, to try to be, try to recreate that greatness that we used to have yeah. and um, and we're getting starved for those types of movies too and it just everything just seems to be, be being made with a shaking hand you know oh, there's yeah. so much worry put into these things and it just emulates on the no screen. risks are being taken at all are they even with mm. something like I mean the last example I can think of was the the hiring of like Chloe Zhao for the Eternals and that didn't fare well at yeah. all so mm. it's a shame but yeah I like the idea that there's a sort of air of uncertainty and I think it was only ever going to go this way when you rely so long on a, on a, a dominant genre like superhero films, and underneath that nostalgia. Yeah, you know, yeah there's only there's only so far that can go. Yeah, until the well dries up, mm. and then it, it leaves you thinking, "Shit, like maybe we should have invested in yeah. sort of newer ideas." I mean, I know the idea of new ideas is something that's you know again inverted commas for mainstream Hollywood, but you know ultimately, I think there is that you're right about the air of panic. Actually. Yeah, yeah. Well, none of the studios make small films anymore, really, do they? No. Like, uh, it, it, and films have gotten so expensive that no wonder there's such a kind of fear behind how they're made uh, because they've got to make their money back, or it's been like a massive hit to these studios. And we are we are seeing studios merge and all that kind of stuff. Like we're we're probably on the brink of losing like a lot of the old school Hollywood production companies now i would say yeah like paramount's going to get folded into warner brothers potentially I think, really okay well stuff, obviously so. 20th century fox is already now disney that's yeah, yeah. i was but, i was reading about um based on after showgirls i couldn't sleep so i was <laughs> <laughs> so i was reading about nudity. yeah <laughs> too much nudity sleep, yeah <laughs> i was reading Hopefully about not your own <laughs> <laughs> I was reading about Paul Verhoeven and his career in Starship Troopers and there's something interesting about what happened then and that was obviously late 90s, uh, mid to late 90s. Uh, films became much more expensive and with that became uh, the flops became greater for these studios mm-hmm. and you think with Starship Troopers it was cost $100 million. It was a lot of money back, back then. That's massive. He struggled yeah. to get it made too. Didn't oh, he? big time. Did yeah. he, he sent out like a video to production companies. Yeah, it was a proof well, of concept. Yeah, 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 where he literally stood in front of a screen with like one of the one of the creatures beside him and said like basically beg, please make my movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was like his pitch but yeah, he struggled. So it was a big, again, like, it was one of those sort of big swings, a big investment for these companies to make and then and there was a lot of flops with that I mean it didn't make much money Stars Troopers same something like Waterworld again like a big investment and a big loss Cutthroat Island same thing and I, th- I got a f- weird feeling that history is sort of repeating itself a little bit with like but a lot more with franchises so you have like Fast X costing 300 million dollars yeah and oh, like how is that 300 mil it's ridiculous yeah. isn't yeah. it silly uh, and Marvels as well excess 250 to 300 million and no return it's like 
I don't know if there's sort of a natural cyclical thing going on here that we'll re- we will recover from or yeah. whether there's something else going on. I don't know. Franchise well, fatigue, whatever. If I was to like then tangent in the kind of AI of it all, I think studios and the kind of fear about how studios are actually going to use it, and they're probably going to use it in this way of like the writing and creating of visuals and stuff is, is terrifying. However, there is an element of if you can potentially make the kind of post-production of it so like effects and stuff uh faster and therefore potentially cheaper it's a horrible way to look at it but potentially those films will get cheaper i don't know i don't know it's a terrible thing yeah it's gonna happen they're trying it's like it's it's use it as a tool to aid but not in like the main creativity it's really difficult it's it's difficult to talk about it because you don't know what it it, it'll be be cheaper because people will lose their jobs right so i think that's the well, that's, that's the scary that's thing, the scary but like, thing i pose it as a question to you you know miyazaki makes a film uh, he directs it but his animators were ai i mean do you want to see that film even if it yields the same product as we got recently you know with all of his works i mean do you want to see something that was made by no. a non-human entity no, it feels a bit i, I think i think it Something so chilly would have no message it. for you. You know what I mean? It would have. Yeah. It, it was copying something. It's Absolutely. I think the artistry would be lost. Mm-hmm. Um, even if it was basing the artistry, kind of basing on previous works. Like I don't know. There's, there is something that I find. I find that very uncomfortable personally. Mm-hmm. Oh but, yeah. yeah, it's weird. Like I, I like to think of it of like if it was used in like s- small details. Like I don't know. We need to have a CGI shot of a of a tree. Yeah. Uh, well, instead of somebody having to go in and create that tree, there's at least a, a bare bones element that that's been prompted by AI, and then a human goes in and tinkers with it afterwards. Maybe that is okay, or is it? I don't know. I, I don't I really think, know. I don't I really think know. There's. I think that. I mean, I, you know, on the sort of dawn of it, I think it became really apparent during the SAG after strikes and all mm. that sort of stuff that that was a, one of the primary concerns in the industry. Mm. And I want to sort of preface any sort of acknowledgement of AI with. With almost another acknowledgement, I think people are very right in the industry to be concerned on the basis of how these studios are going to operate. Yeah. Um, I think they've made it quite clear that, they, that you know, obviously they're very profit motivated, as any business is, but they mm. are especially profit motivated. And as we've talked about this idea that you know there's flops and films are making more expensive, um, I, I would be. I, I think it's. It'd be foolish for anyone in the industry not to be concerned that their yeah. job would be at risk. Yeah. Not because necessarily AI itself is is potentially uh, the bad thing. It's the people that use it, yeah. uh, the people that are ushering it in. I mm. think if we talk about all these technological innovations just throughout society more broadly, obviously, ultimately, they tend to benefit humanity in various guises, but they're always marshaled and, and protected and under the guiding hand of like a hierarchical system or someone that's in charge, someone that wants to monopolize that, yeah. that that technological innovation. So on the basis of that, I think people are right to be concerned about it. Well, film has moved so much into kind of make it is, it's a form of making money rather than a form of making art in the higher kind of echelons of, of like big, big studios and stuff like that. So that's where the, I think that's where the danger lies because you know, you know those fuckers are gonna like just get a script to be written by AI or just yeah. create a whole film using, you know, dead actors or something like that. Yeah. You know yeah, they're gonna do weird. it, and yeah. that is terrifying because that I think is awful. Or just write, you know, g- getting a film to just capitalize on the popularity of like several other films that have come before it. 
doesn't make any sense, but you know they're going to do it because I do. Awful. I do think <laughs> it, I, what I think we are in the current climate experiencing, which I think is quite good, is the limitations of AI as well. So if you 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 can tell that something is being AI generated in a visual sense from like an image based oh it's the human eye isn't it it's, it's the just, eyes yeah. exactly and the eyes will always how, how we view it as well like you, you, something technically in front of me is the thing that it's supposed to be like for like but something about in my being knows that there's something wrong with it there's something <laughs> yeah, you know something just off yeah off, there's just yeah. something yeah. it's yeah. uncanny it's the uncanny valley problem Stepford Wivesy yes yeah. exactly yeah, yeah. and it's the, it's the eyes and it's the hands as well uh, I think sometimes because it struggles with um, the amount of digits so like limbs yeah. so you can have three or four fingers on a hand which is meant to have five and stuff like that so <laughs> there, there are limitations which mean and they're quite difficult to overcome as well. I think it's important to to kind of mention that that we are still maybe about five to ten years away from those problems resolving themselves or getting resolved, I should say. So in that interim, what I really hope happens is some checks and some balances that are going to be put into play, which have already happened sort of yeah. with the SAG AFRA yeah. result. Yeah. But regulation is key. Completely, yeah, and I yeah. really hope that happens because. Uh, I mean, I've got a bit of a stake in this anyway. Of course, <laughs> so I'm yeah, slightly yeah, worried. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I feel like, yeah. yeah, I do feel like I, I really hope that um, it takes a long time to figure eyes out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah. yeah, I agree. I, I think um, I, I think one of the more sort of possibly positive things about it is from like, a, um, you know, like a low budget filmmaking perspective. I think he can equip, yeah. um, it, you know, it can maybe match the ambition of mm. uh, sort of like you know amateur filmmakers that they couldn't previously realize because mm. of budgetary or technological or even skill restraints yeah um so i think from that perspective in 10 you know five to ten years if if like someone that's um you know wants to make a fucking ambitious movie with next to no money maybe they can yeah. i don't know it depends how this technology is gatekeeped as we've said but i do feel like there's a certain degree of people um who would not care about that side of it like we oh, would right. i think a yeah. huge percentage i feel like a lot of care. the consumer market will be like oh what's the thing that i just i, I could put on at nighttime and I, I don't really care who made it i don't care yeah, about the craft yeah, yeah, yeah. as long as it's, it's entertaining content. me yeah so yeah. i think there will be a market for it mm. i think you're right though i think there will be a period where the mass hollywood machine will you will try to utilize it it will fail and then it will revert back to normal again. I hope think, so. um, yeah, I, I hope I hope so. Anyway, but there will, yeah. I think it's uh, we want human stories made by humans. I mean, that's, that's a fundamental thing. Like, what, there's nothing interesting otherwise. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, AI by its nature is you know it's going to be a vague approximation of what humans have come up with, right? It's going to analyze everything that humans have made. Yeah, it always, everything humans yeah. believe and think and do, and that's how it creates. You know, you know the algorithms and the, and the designs or the future screenplays. I, you know, I think, I think it's foolish, personally, not foolish, but I think, I think, I think it will get better. I think yeah. it is going to be something that's going to be here. It exists in many okay. different guises already. Spell check. Oh yeah, you know, you yeah, know yeah. what I mean. Like yes, you know, yes. it exists and we use it. I Reading think, contracts apparently. Yeah, very exactly. good at that yeah. kind of thing. Small print, which is a good thing. Yeah, yeah. Again, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think AI is useful for supplementing. It can supplement areas of the creative experience, which perhaps prevent individuals from being able to fully immerse themselves in other aspects of creativity, which would make these films yeah, so yeah. good. Um, I, I, I'm with you guys 100%, but I just think that it's going to happen. Mm, yeah. um, and I think 
if it's regulated and Hollywood studios are sort of, um, you know, they are, you know, by some higher power made to make sure that that's very that's very optimistic. Though. It is. I mean, yeah, again, yeah, yeah, again yeah. looking at the land, you know, if there's one thing we know is that you know regulation, state regulation isn't a very popular thing at the moment, more broadly speaking. So, yeah, yeah. particularly when there's money involved, um, I, I don't know. I just I feel like it's going to happen, and I think if it can supplement creativity, then great. Yeah. As long as there are still people involved at the that's crux the of the storytelling thing. and people's jobs being lost, because you know, you think about like this is again, I'm going a bit off. So no, no, no. Please no. tell me to, but um. You know, like the automation in factories, you know, it's the same sort of thing. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, the automation yeah. changed the landscape of, you know, e- economically for so it, many people. And it did displace a lot of people's jobs. Yeah, and, and there was no money. Like, you, had, yeah. you know, like if people are kicked out of their jobs, you know, a machine can make things quicker and with less risk and more efficiently than a human being, but they can't spend money. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, you know, so there will be an economic impact yeah. that has to be considered. Mm. But I would rather that, that economic impact wasn't considered unless people kept their jobs. Yeah. And perhaps AI was used for the more banal details of life. Mm. That's what I think yes. AI should be used yeah, for. All right, all right. Like, write a fucking CV. Who cares? I don't fucking give a shit. Yeah. 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 You, use AI, you use AI to write a CV. Most CVs are cut and paste anyway. Yeah. Do you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? I look back at my CVs and think, fucking hell, like, basically a robot wrote this. Yeah. You have to be a fucking robot to get most jobs anyway. Yeah, so, man. you know, I'm not against the idea of its use. I just think um, that I think for the more, as you said, the more creative elements. I've talked for a while. Sorry. The, oh. more, the more creative elements yeah. um, should be kept firmly in human hands, or just to help ease with time. Maybe I think maybe like that. That's what I think. That's where I feel feel like AI is a good use for that. Like you said, the the the, the ad mini tasks, which just means that we can free up our time to be more creative elsewhere, potentially. Yeah. But also potentially as well. Um, if the big studios use this uh, evilly, which I'm sure they will, oh, I don't yeah, know if evilly yeah. is a word, but <laughs> use, it, use it for evil in an evil uh, fashion. <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll see a resurgence in uh, in smaller films. Oh, that'd be, be great. Which would be great. Yeah. yeah. Here's the thing. Here's something I want to ask all of you. Uh, when I say this might sound a bit off topic, when I say found footage film, what's the first film that springs to your mind? Blair Witch. Yeah. 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 Right. So exactly. Because, and the reason for that is because every other film that came after that was an approximation of it, which yeah. is what AI will do. Yeah. It will be an appro- it will just approximate what humans have made, and it will there will be diminishing returns, and yeah, it, and it will be a kind of apocalyptic disaster that hopefully will then, like you say, Alex, promote more sort of smaller independent films that use it a lot more subtly, a lot more creatively. So yeah, I predict <laughs> the first AI film will be a comedy. The oh. script has been written by AI, <laughs> and they'll use that as the selling point because it'll be bizarre or something like that. But it won't be very funny, and yeah. hopefully that'll be the death of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll have a cult, cult following though in t- ten years afterwards. Like yeah, yeah. people will kind of reevaluate it. <laughs> but I think it's interesting that you you guys say that, and I want to tap into that point you were saying, Chris, about uh, you know this idea that there'll perhaps be a resurgence of people that desire the human experience in films, but the more cynical view perhaps is that people aren't, uh, more broadly speaking, fussed about the content they consume. Okay. How do you see that playing out in terms of if, if there's, if there's going to be like a resurrection of like, because there's always been a duality in film. When film started, it was, you know, a, you know, a spectacle. It was something that people, yeah. you know, it was like, whoa, what the fuck is this? It's like a circus. Yeah, event, yeah. Like, right? I mean, yeah, you know, the, the process of viewing it was certainly more highbrow than it is now. Yeah. You know, uh, we'll go back into that for, for another topic <laughs> right. we've got later on. But, yeah. you know, like, 
you know, it was spectacle. And of course, as uh, as, as technology grew, it allowed filmmakers to explore things not you know, away off the beaten track, so to speak. Yeah. But I'm just interested in what you think about that. If it is going to resurrect this enthusiasm for independent filmmaking, what does that say about the huge swaths of people that are more passive in the content they consume, particularly in the streaming era? Well, I, I think maybe you could look at it uh, in the same way uh, that we look at the superhero landscape now, is that audiences do get bored after a while, and audiences also realise when things aren't good. I know that's a, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, Studios make the wrong choices when they see something get popular, and yeah. maybe yeah. that'll happen as well. So, like, Marvel created a universe. Every studio wanted a universe. None of them have been able to take off. <laughs> Barbie did well. What's the uh, what's the message that the studios take away from that? Let's make lots of films about toys. I bet you Polly Pocket won't get as big an opening <laughs> as Barbie did, yeah, 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 and yeah. then they'll be Hot like, wheels, oh, maybe yeah. that wasn't that. Maybe that wasn't the takeaway from Barbie. Um, so hopefully, hopefully that'll be the case. That the, the general audiences will just get bored. Yeah, <laughs> Actually, yeah. that's my hope. I don't know. Maybe it is just too cynical of me, but I feel the digitization of media has made people far more passive. Mm. I don't know. Maybe I'm just sort of romanticizing an era of film that I wasn't a party to or alive to that I just watch now. No, mate. No, I, I think well, it's interesting you say that because I find quite often when I go into like work or something, people have watched so much t- TV. Yes, yeah, way it's more than I do. Yeah. Sort of, oh, have you have you seen Ahsoka? Oh, have you seen this? This and it's all like Star Wars properties and. Uh, like Mandalorian and, and I'm just how have you found the time to watch all of this yeah. like and engage with it because I find engaging with media quite exhausting oh, yeah. I could never watch more than maybe two films in a day because I'd just be exhausted like I, I'm a big I am a big Star Wars fan like you Alex but you're always on to me like oh you haven't watched Ahsoka yet you haven't watched Mandalorian you're not on to me you just say have I watched it yet um and I'm always yeah. like no I can't, I can't buy into the hype of the time. I just can't. I, I really struggle to engage with it when I'm told to engage with it, yeah. and I always end up mm. revisiting these things. Like I'll watch Ahsoka probably sometime next year, and I'll enjoy it because it feels like something I, I, yeah. I cornered off and enjoyed by myself. Um, but yeah, it is just homework now. I mean, I, I mean, I, 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 yeah. I can't see the Marvels because I haven't seen Miss Marvel, and I like. But I can't be bothered to watch that show because I know it's homework. Mm-hmm. And, and is, it, uh, is that try engaging yeah. with it? Are they actually engaging with it as much as we think they? Or is it just like you say, a Maybe. passive sit down, veg out, and like absorb it through I, your I, eyes? I think they missed a trick there, Marvel. I mean, we're going to be talking about them. We say we're not going to talk about them, but we always <laughs> yeah. do. Yeah. But you know, I think they missed a trick um, crossing over from TV to film. Yeah, uh, I think part of the. Uh, the success, whether you like it or not, and I certainly don't, of Marvel's marketing machine was in almost, you know, the speculation, and it was firmly limited to film. So they'd have, like, loads of really over-fucking Easter eggs, and people would, like, fucking whack their wick for it online. And, yeah. and that, you know, and that would be, like, a marketing tool. We've talked about this before. Like, yeah, the, I know. That's all right. The ever-moving marketing tool. And they don't have to do anything. You know, they just fucking allude to a character through like a bit of their clothing in the background uh, or something. Everyone's like, oh, yeah. um, <laughs> and the post-credit scenes of expectations. Uh, yeah, People, yeah, yeah. You sit in a cinema now, and you're going to a movie that's not even Marvel related or any big you know franchise and people still sit free credits now expecting yeah. they've been trained to like Fucking expect yeah. a post credit yeah. scene yeah, yeah. like you're going to go see like Eileen starring Anne Hathaway people are like <laughs> yeah, what's the post credit yeah. scene yeah. Yeah. I know that's an extreme example but like they're 
I see it all the time. I tell you yeah. what, I, I it's nice in a way because it's good to be first out the car park. <laughs> because <laughs> I always, as soon as I hear, I see directed by, I'm like, right, Mark, yeah, Mark. Exactly. <laughs> don't give a shit about the poster. Yeah, yeah. but you. It's an, you say like, oh, I always bring up Marvel, but it's impossible not to talk about. Yeah, Marvel yeah, because yeah, it's, yeah. it's a they're phenomena. Fi- they're fifty percent of what dictates the cinema market for the average cinema goer. He doesn't want to see everything like we do. So, you know, no one can blame you. It's impossible to navigate, not talk. The fact they went onto TV was a pro- was problematic for them, I think, for that reason. Because now, like you said, you have to watch fucking, like, Miss Marvels. And I, uh, part of my work, I had to watch it. And I was like, mm, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, there are the, the elements of this that are sort of fairly meritable, I guess. But, yeah. like, fuck, man. Like, like, you say homework. You don't want to do fucking homework. Like, I, I, I bought into it. I bought into it. But even now... But that was because I was reading the comics as a as a as a kid. So I was I those early days of Marvel. I was I was lapping it up. I absolutely loved mm. it. But uh, yeah, even now I've lost the excitement of of. I still go to see them because I enjoy them. But yeah, the excitement's gone. I don't know the last time I was like truly excited for a Marvel film. No, I think it's Marvel's in a, a well. Uh, lots it's just of- overexposure. Yeah, it is, yeah. and it's just it's lack of genuine creativity in the writing and people being exhausted and you've seen it you've seen it all I mean, what well, can you what can you do that's it early days it was more like a fascination of like oh my god the inner child of me can't believe that i'm actually about to see us on the big screen but yeah. we've like we've seen it all now <laughs> so yeah. like yeah, and obviously yeah. there was an overarching big arc that yeah. ended in 2019 yeah um and then what do we do now <laughs> i don't know what they've got left that i'm like oh can't wait to see that yeah, I don't know. Is their decline more down to the fact of that lack of? Uh, I guess the question should be more: Is their lack of uh, enthusiasm for modern Marvel more down to a lack of direction in terms of the you know the overarching story or the executives mm-hmm. and their decisions, or is it more broadly just because of? I think the fatigue. movies aren't good. I think that's kind of the, a problem. <laughs> so it's not super fatigue, or is the fatigue, or is it like a symbiotic thing? Is the fatigue? Because of a lack of disengagement, I, I think the fatigue is because um, I just think we, we talk about the fear of filmmaking. I think those big films and Marvel films are obviously the big films. Um, they're just they're too scared to do anything too different, so they're just kind of they all merge into one. And um, yeah, you just have this kind of you're just a bit bored of the structure now. You know what you're getting every time, and that's why I think that that's why I keep saying that. I think audiences will get bored because I think audiences are getting bored of the same thing, but. We talked about Chloe Zhao's ill-fated Eternals thing there, and yeah. people hated that, and that was that was a deviation yeah. from structure. I quite liked it. Yeah, and I, to be honest, I, you know, like I'm, I sort of didn't mind it. I don't know. I quite like Chloe Zhao. I've yet, to, I've yet to see it, but yeah. Oh yeah, have you seen it now? Mm. I feel like mm-hmm. you see it recently. Uh, fairly, yes. yeah, yeah. Because I think so, I remember you saying you were like intrigued. By yeah, it. yeah, I really like Chloe Zhao, and I think it was it was it was interesting for them that they thought, oh, that was their experiment to do that to yeah. sort of like. I don't know that they obviously saw that there was like monetary potential to like allow a filmmaker that is pretty hot in terms of Oscars, yeah, oh, yeah, uh, or Oscar success, and uh, you know, and they thought maybe we just let her go free willy with this, like yeah. not the film free willy. There's no yeah. Or- yeah. <laughs> there's no walkers in it. It's from yeah. yeah. uh, I did sort of like in the fact it, but- that like the themes that have been present in her work prior to Marvel were present in like something that was on like a giant scale yeah yeah slightly diluted because of that but i did like that there there is like a there is a thread that connects yeah yeah her filmography 
Um, it was rejected so, though. But yeah, it was, it was rejected yeah. by the same audience that we're claiming aboard of it. So yeah. mm. I think I. I mean, we said this before, but I think the fan has too much fucking power. Yeah, yeah I think they, I, I think if I think if something's going to happen, it's going to be positive for this film industry. The the comic book fan uh, or the the sort of nerd culture. I think it needs to be cur- curtailed. I think it needs to be cut down a peg. I just, I, 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 well, they did see of Sonic though. That's true. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll, I'll go back on that. What I've just said on that basis. <laughs> but no, I, I do think that it's a problem. I do think that, you know, we talked about this in relation to the Snyderverse thing. Like, okay, yeah, the Justice League Snyder cut was better, but it's like the fact that I existed was because, yeah, was- like, fans had too much fucking power. They're real They're real apologists for him. Like, he can't, yeah, yeah. He can't do anything wrong. <laughs> no, exactly, yeah. It, fandoms are so annoying now because I think it is a case of, like, if I don't see the film that I expected to see, then I hate it. Whereas I think, like, audiences should always like it we shouldn't be getting exactly what we want because that's not interesting no. yeah it's just not interesting like show me something i haven't seen before but mainstream culture is really fucking good like Mar- the reason why marvel is so separate to me and such an interesting phenomenon on the basis of how we uh, our relationship with the mainstream against the independent is that you know it gave us what we wanted within the same universe and the same storytelling beats again and again and again and i know mainstream cinema is guilty of that that's why what exists yeah yeah you know like mainstream cinema will give you something familiar it will give you a mixture of lots of this uh, sort of soft version of all the genres you like sort of crushed together but like the what marvel is different because it it, it was so it was literally the same in every yeah. movie like so it was giving people what they wanted he gave them, you know, they took a gamble on a formula, it worked, and then they fucking rode with it for like 25 films or whatever, yeah. how many films it was. I don't know. I, I try not, I don't want to be, I'm sounding, so I don't want to sound cynical, but I definitely am sounding cynical. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. I, I, I just think, um, I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure. Uh, uh, maybe like they'll just make another movie that might save them, and everyone will be like, okay, yeah, great. Here's an idea make a superhero film not based on a comic book. Just an idea, Ooh, don't know. Okay. <laughs> don't ever do an original okay. one. Like that'd be cool. I don't know. Like, have it not based off an existing property, but still have it in that genre that's popular. And maybe there could be something fresh from that. And as much as I like Guardians Three, it is kind of it's annoying that that film was kind of worked because it reignites the the dying corpse temporarily yeah, and, yeah. and adds never 10 films onto the yeah. onto the sort Ooh, of we could still thread. make 700 million off of this if yeah we right. good is seen as the, yeah. the you know as the hero isn't he like yeah a thinking man superhero mm. film you know he, that's that, but that's what people think of <laughs> yeah. james gunn like yeah. i haven't seen guardians 3 because i thought i really didn't like guardians 2 so and i was sort of kind of getting a bit over it but you know you know he went over to dc did suicide squad everyone loved that I think um, <laughs> no, I think that's the opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Broad, yeah broadly, yeah. yeah. It, it okay. was it was well received. Didn't make much money though. Yeah, true. It sort of true. tanked, but um, but he's still now the head of DC cinematic yeah, operations. Exactly. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it might be COVID. I think maybe COVID might have fucked that film yeah, a little yeah. bit. But um, yeah, I'm baffled. I mean, have they not seen Slither. Like he's <laughs> it's not exactly a thinking man film. It's a great film, but <laughs> super, it's not super. Like, <laughs> remember that one? Yeah. Oh, super. Yeah, as well. And that's yeah. what was so interesting about Suicide Squad to me was like it was like that era of the sort of trauma esque era of Gun fighting against this sort of sweet fluffy version of Gun that now exists. Yeah. Kate Disney, like, mm. and he always says, "Well, a man can grow," and all this kind of stuff, yeah. but. 
you know, I think there's got some PR people. Yeah, so. yeah. Like, <laughs> I, 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 he, he may have a point, and I'm sure he is passionate about the projects he's working on. Mm. Uh, but I do think that that film was particularly interesting on the basis that he, you can see there's this sort of the last vestiges of the gun that was. Yeah, is is fighting against the gun that is. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> oh yeah! Oh yeah! yeah. Right, I'm off. <laughs> but you know, uh, yeah, and I find it interesting that he's involved in it now, and I think he, I don't know. I'd be interested to see how people see the DC, the new DC. Is it called the EU? I don't know what it's even called. Decay. Right, yeah. Decay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if we were to move away from um, kind of superhero films, not to dictate what you do on your podcast, obviously. No, no, move away. Uh, Please, yeah. Move like, away. Um, what about in terms of like streaming? Because I think streaming's in that similar phase as well of like, is it about to collapse on itself? Is it, you know, every studio's got a streaming company, but they don't. But yeah, some of them that we were alluding to with like Willow earlier, like tax write-offs to save money. Yeah, they're merging into each other. I think so. Warner Brothers have HBO Max, or if it's just called Max now, it's just so called sure. Max for some reason in the yeah. states. We haven't got it here yet, but um, they are still licensing some of their films to Netflix because yep. Netflix is like the main one. Yeah, so that's mm, a win okay. for Netflix. But yeah, is, is is it all like coming down on itself? <laughs> it's strange, isn't it, that so many of these companies are so much more overt about ownership. Because, like, the reason, like, classic Hollywood collapsed because there was concerns about, like, um, monopoly, hmm. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's now insane. it's like, you know, we're so far gone now that people just don't care that there's just monopolization and companies are folding into one another as we hmm. speak. I wasn't aware that Paramount were, that was happening, that merger. I think I think it's, like, in, it's in, like, the, it's in play. Like, I don't think it's, like, confirmed, but I think they're... There's lots of like rumors and talks going on between because oh, I think they they are trying to sell themselves. They they had Iron Man as well. Yeah, how yeah. crazy is that? They sold Iron Man, yeah. which was the catalyst for Marvel yeah. becoming what it is today. Um, yeah, that's just. I think the streaming thing is. I personally think it's partially down to the content and the kind of it's become a bit of a farm. I think a mm. lot of the actual content. With the exception of some shows that are coming out, which is still very good, and like some original films on these streaming platforms, are, but broadly speaking, there hasn't been a lot of top tier sort of content. Like I, I'm struggling to think of the last Netflix film I watched, which I th- I really thought was worthwhile. It's a lot of fucking yeah. whack on there. It's just that. so much like grey sludge on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of just like subpar rom com. Yeah, so, like you know, true crime, yeah. which is uh, which is overly episodic. Yeah, uh, based on uh, and this is horrible to say, but murders that weren't that interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Try their best to make it interesting. Yeah. yeah, I did like their phase of just like throwing hundreds of millions of pounds at people like Scorsese, which obviously it didn't really work out for Netflix in the end. But like Apple are now the ones doing it, yeah. where they're giving yeah. like yeah. Scott just like. Mm-hmm unlimited budgets just to go make their films i'm happy for that i don't think it'll work out for any of the stream studios in the long run but i'm glad we're getting these films yeah i mean they that's i think that's how they're sort of like vindicating the criticisms from like people like us like film fans is by essentially just giving large sums of money to filmmakers whose projects are no longer acceptable to the established elite in hollywood Um, yeah and that's the one thing I, i think we've said that before and i think you're basically saying what we've always said is is that that 
hey, they're giving Scorsese a few, <laughs> few yeah. mil, you know, yeah. to yeah. make a film about an old gangster. Yeah. A, a badly CGI'd old gangster <laughs> pushing a guy over outside a shop. But the rest of the film's good. Oh, yeah. The rest yeah. of the film's good. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I think I think streaming, what streaming's really good at is providing the illusion of choice. Mm. Uh, the idea there's loads of fucking films and there's so much good stuff when like 90% of it is fucking crap. Yeah, yeah like signposting is awful too. I mean, you go into work and talk to somebody who's not a film fan, they'll be like, there's nothing to watch at the minute. I'm like, there is so much to watch. You just, mm. You're just not being led to it. I mean, yeah. you think about the Wes Anderson short films that were on there a few months ago. Like, you wouldn't know they were on there unless, unless you knew they yeah. were on there, you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, it's even bad at, like, picking up what your tastes are, like, as a yeah. film fan. Like, it'll, it'll just it'll give you the crap still. Um, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, yeah, I digress, but it's, uh, it's, uh, it is a, a, an, an awkward situation in market, but... Yeah. Oh, man, this is bleak. <laughs> I think, I think the, stream, the streaming thing is unlocked a little bit more cynical of our sort of cynical side than I, I had expected. But um, I do love being able to watch anything I want to watch at any time. Yeah. That is nice. Yeah. Well, I mean, I watched yeah. Showgirls on Google Play yesterday. That was yeah, the only way I yeah. could get it. I didn't even think twice. I was on my way home and I was like, I should probably watch that. I didn't have to stop off at HMV or like, mm. like I just, that that's the positive side to it in a, in a sense it, mm. is that it is readily available. like at your fingertips, right? It's, it's not... Mm. It's not like you have to consider the, um, you know, you know, this kind of infrastructure of your day to to watch a film. You can just, it's just there, I suppose. Mm. And and it's the same for sort of, you know, film artifacts like Showgirls, where you you can access them easily now. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's double double sided coin for sure. <laughs> yeah, I, know, I know, I know. They need a streaming service that just does old movies, though. That's the one thing that's lacking. Oh, they tried that with um, Filmstruck. Oh, Remember okay. that? It was Michael Cera sort of like... I don't know. Kind of was a heavy hand in that. But just... Yeah, not enough people. Appetites. I, I think it, I think there's something deeper. Like, I, I definitely think that streaming plays a huge role in the um, the tastes of, of, of people. But I think there is... There has to be a shift somewhere else. I don't know how or why. Mm. But I mean, I, we think we, I use this analogy... Is it analogy quite a lot, but the clientele in, for example, a showcase versus the watershed is so different. Oh, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. So, you fill out a film with the watershed, which is like a French, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, but, yeah. but the people that go to showcase won't be in there. Yeah, I went to Cineworld to see Aaron Claw and just had to hear two people behind me talk for the whole movie. Oh, you know, man. That's, oh. like, that's like the risk you always take with a multiplex. Yep. You know? But I mean, but by that same token, I went to watch uh, 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 Solaris with my oh, nan okay. in the Arty Cinema in my hometown of Derby, and mm. there was a couple behind me that whacked out a cheese board. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's that's the sort of posh equivalent of like the masses will talk and throw popcorn and eat like fucking hogs with hay fever yeah but those go, those were all over one pound hot dogs that they're being yeah. sold for seven pounds yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah but you 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 go to like a pop you go to a fucking posh cinema you've got 
fucking twats with brie. Yeah. <laughs> I was, uh, I was, uh, do you prefer to smell ketchup or do you prefer to smell chutney? Yeah. That's the thing. I always yeah. love in, uh, in the watershed, there's like a collective gasp sometimes. I was quite like the watershed gasp. Oh, <laughs> it's just like yeah. something like, something minor happens, but it's quite a dramatic element to yeah. the film. And it's just like the whole audience kind of gasps. You just don't get that in the acoustics yeah. of the sort of smaller screens yeah. I think help with that a little bit yeah. it's weird because even though it's a smaller screen I think this what the benefit of the watershed is that it feels more collective somehow just because you're sort of yeah. tightly packed and you you you're probably more keenly aware that everyone around you has made a choice not just taking a gamble yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah you make a choice to see a Peter Strickland movie, don't yeah. you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The film is the event in an yeah. house cinema, yeah. whereas yeah. in in a multiplex, as you know, we worked. It's a distraction. Work, yeah. it's a, you know, it's mm. you know, it's part of it. You you're not just going to watch a film. You're going to get a fucking artillery shell full of Tango Ice Blast. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> With chemicals in it, they're going to make your urine green. <laughs> you know? I, do you remember in the in the, in, in the fucking box? On the back. Oh, yeah, where the syrups were. Yeah, yeah, it would say, like, this might make it difficult for your child to concentrate. Yeah. But that's a fucking fitting... Oh, my God. You know, thing for for fucking blockbuster films. They even need your kids to fucking concentrate. Yeah. So they can (laughs) slurp mindlessly on this shit. I was Delicious a- shit. This fence is not like a hypocrite. I love a Tango Ice Blast, but... Going to see Poltergeist and 4DX and uh, oh. someone's got a full-on jalapeno and nachos beside him. I just think it's fucking wow, disgraceful yeah. behaviour. I honestly do. Like, I remember saying it to one of the managers at the cinema. It's like I told him I backed over his dog's head in the driveway when I said, <laughs> I think problem with places like this is they've stopped film being the most important thing yeah. about the experience. He was like, Whoa! you know, like, but I think, I think it's true. Like, and that's what people are conditioned into now. Like they just want the experience. And I'm not saying it's necessarily, it doesn't make you a bad person, obviously for chomping on a hot dog next to me, but I silently imagine killing you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but that's my problem too, because I'm a fucking snob. But like, I also yeah. expect there to be a sense of decorum in watching films that I think in multiplexes just isn't adhered to whatsoever. No, yeah. Um, I try not to go on the weekends anymore to multiplex because it's just... Oh, yeah. Yeah, you've got Mid- to Midweek screenings so, are much yeah. easier. Oh, like, God, people yeah. have forgotten how to uh, behave in a cinema, which, I, again, sounds really like elitist and snobby, but come on, we're all here to just like yeah. sit in a dark room and watch a film. Don't yeah. talk all the way through. Yeah, it, yeah, you know? I, I've, I've never understood it. I really haven't. But then you still get that in arty cinemas. Yeah. And I guess what a roundabout point I'm trying to make is weirdly, I think there is something more cultural. I, th- you know, more than just culture. Sorry, I think it's class based a little bit. Not to bring to be too highfalutin, but it's open scars and tortoiseshell glasses are plenty in the watershed, and they ain't people from fucking council estates either. Let's be yeah, honest. You yeah. know, like. So how, I think there needs to be some kind of recalibration. Hopefully that can be done somehow. I don't know what the answer is. Yeah, and it's like, you get up. these everyman cinemas as well, which is like, oh, mate, oh we're, we're going to show Billy Wilder's The Apartment, but, you know, do you want an ice cream uh, with that? Do you want a pizza slice? Yeah, do you want a 30-pound burger? I had to, <laughs> before, before Christmas, I was so worried I wouldn't go get to see The Boy and the Heron. It was just not showing up in any like times on any multiplexes, so I went to see it in a in an everyman adjacent type cinema, and it was horrible the experience. I hated it. Everyone there was there for the experience of it. Like a guy brought like a two year old, a four year old, and whatever like with him, and 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 the whole first ten minutes of the movie, I was just seeing waiters and waitresses coming past with food 
casting their shadow halfway through the screen mm-hmm. and i'm like i'm trying like i literally could not get into the film i was like so like disrupted by this and my ticket alone was like 16 pounds just to see the movie yeah yeah yeah. and i didn't order any food i didn't order any food because i was so jaded by it i i hated the experience i, I got i got to see it again and in, uh, in, oh, in the okay. imax yeah. screen actually showed an imax is beautiful oh, well that's good. um mm-hmm. But yeah, I was. I will not probably do that again. <laughs> well, it's, it's interesting you say that about places like that because they they build themselves as like an upper crust sort of chain, don't they? It's so contrary it, to its yeah. uh, intention. Well, what's apparent intention? I completely agree. With you. I, I went to the uh, Every Man in Bristol after mm. Christmas. I got a voucher, a twenty five pound voucher. Yeah, doesn't go far. Does no, it? Far? it I couldn't believe it. Like yeah. I fucking fell over when she said there's additional cost. I was in there, can I just have it back? Yeah. But, but like, without the thought, well, I have to spend it here. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Come back or go elsewhere. Yeah, no, you won't. No, I won't. <laughs> Two tickets for Ferrari, please. <laughs> yeah. But you know what I mean? I, I couldn't believe it. I, I, I guess like for that, like it is, that is like a fucking posho cinema. Like it definitely is. Mm-hmm. But the, water- the seats are nice. <laughs> yeah, the seats are nice. Yeah. yeah. But for cinemas like the Watershed, and I'm not saying this is a criticism of the Watershed because I fucking love the Watershed. Oh, I love like the, <laughs> I love like the Quad in Derby, which has got a similar vibe. But you know, I think they again they attract that crowd. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And it, yeah. and again, they 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 are very much more about the film than everything else. There is a restaurant you can take a beer in, but you can't fucking take a pot roast in or anything like that. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But I, you know, I just I don't know. Is it something that's to be, that has to be done more on a cultural level? Because in yeah. my experience, I've showed films to people that you probably wouldn't have thought they'd enjoy and they loved it, like yeah. old films. Oh, so I yeah, think there's yeah. definite mm. scope for it. 100%. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I just think there needs to be more engagement. I don't know how you do, do that without making a loss. Well, yeah, um, this is it. I mean, a lot of multiplexes make their money from the concessions. So why, yeah, why we, shouldn't it told, be right? about, in their eyes, why shouldn't it be all about the frills and the what you buy at the cinema because otherwise they wouldn't be there at all i suppose so yeah. like it's conflicting and i've got a kind of yeah there's almost a sort of cognitive dissonance going on in my they mind they could just pick like, less stinky foods though yeah <laughs> that'd be great yeah yeah, Stick, yeah. Or, or the the wrapping yeah maybe there just needs to be like yeah a, they sell bags of popcorn now like yeah from third-party companies don't they yeah, I, th- I think the, the dis- <laughs> yeah. distribution deals need to maybe be changed because at the moment cinemas aren't making enough money off of the films that they're screening. There's something like forty-five percent of the profit goes to the cinemas, which isn't enough clearly because they're, mm-hmm. you know, seven pound fifty for a big tug- tub of Tango Ice Blast. It's like maybe there's something that needs to be done about the way films are distributed. And I don't know if there's a kind of uh, a pyramid of, you know, bosses at the top which are making too much money and there needs to be some reform in that sense. Uh, I think I think that's the way forward with, with cinemas. Yeah if, you, yeah, if you give the cinemas more money, they might take more risks. Yeah, like because the thing they're them. advertising, they're not making money off and that's a problem. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. What okay. about like touring a film? Maybe that's the way to do it. Because I know like Kevin Smith dabbled with that a little bit. Yeah. But if you wanted to bring film back as an event and it's only in your city for like a week oh wow okay. i don't yeah, know yeah. and like it's but it, you know it's traveling up the country or traveling down mm. the country i don't mm. know like the buzz yeah comes with spoilers it. might be a problem <laughs> that, yeah there is that there is that <laughs> you're right though it's an interesting idea 
Um, that did that happen with a, a film recently? Was like I think Tilda Swinton was in it, and it's really difficult to see because the film's tall. The Eternal Daughter. That's it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I did see that one in the watershed. Did you with the uh, with with the Q and A and go see Tilda? Oh, and Joanna Hawks. They're yes. both in Bristol. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah. Do you look at No, I didn't see that. Shit. There we go. Yeah. Interesting. Somebody <laughs> sat in the fucking everyman. Watches <laughs> <laughs> some toss that go no pepperoni. <laughs> While, watch, while watching Wonka. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, the Everyman is expensive. I went to see, um, well, what was Anderson's latest actual film? Uh, Asteroid City. Asteroid City. I went to see Asteroid City at the Everyman because it was like the only place in Bristol still screened. They still they do that, don't they? The yeah. wily bastards. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 16 quid down the Swanee. Didn't like the film that much. Absurd. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's absurd. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe they could do more incentives as well for like certain age groups you know yeah, if you want yeah. people to get into movies like mm. you can make it super cheap yeah I think so you know at the end of the day like a fucking Tuesday in the day you know no, no yeah. one's sitting filling that screen anyway mm, exactly yeah, that's yeah, true yeah, yeah. Uh, I do think it's uh, a reductive attitude to think that people just aren't going to engage with it I think if you put them in a situation where they that's all they've got to watch they might actually and some yeah. people won't you know I think it also you know maybe there's that sort of element to it as well where it's like most just a lot of people aren't as invested in it as we are yeah yeah there is definitely that the same way that i'm not as invested in like i don't know vase designs you know what i mean (laughs) obviously obviously you film is far bigger than vase designs but as an industry i think (laughs) i'm stalling at the territory i have no idea about i'm gonna get fucking chastised probably rightly so by vase enthusiasts yeah you you can't you can't let like elitism get in the way sometimes you can forget that as a film fan like i go in an office environment and everybody wants to talk about sport i know fucking nothing about sports i don't pretend to either that doesn't make them like beneath me or or myself beneath them, you know. You have, yeah. You, but there yeah. is that sort of stigma as being a film lover, especially when you're a teenager and you're transitioning in your twenties and trying to get rid of that ego a little bit. It's yeah, a, it's a yeah. hard thing. Yeah. To, that's you, a really good point. Yeah. yeah, you do assume that it's more mainstream than it is sometimes, and maybe it's, yeah. Why are people think like me? Yeah. yeah. But I guess maybe it's this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like similar to like theatre. I don't go to the theatre, but there's a massive kind of. Yeah. Um, it's because it's so expensive. Audience. <laughs> it's like 150 yeah, pounds yeah. to see a oh, yeah, yeah. fucking play. Yeah. Cursed child. Talk about the same way we do about films. Yeah. Yeah, I think the idea, the, the, the snobby element of it is, is, yeah, I think maybe they will just perceive that. And I, again, I, I don't. It's, it's like, you know, you have discussions with people outside of your immediate circle. And they will obviously their, their tastes will at least at the surface level appear more mainstream. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's nothing wrong with indulging in mainstream. It's not a reflection of your intelligence at all, obviously. But I think the thing that mainstream is really good at, and I think it comes back to what we're saying about Marvel <laughs> to bring them back. But you know, like they're really good. Well, mainstream films and mainstream culture in general is really good at, at keeping your attention. And it almost doesn't want you to divert your attention. Yeah. And that's what I hate about mainstream culture. I dip into it. Of course, I indulge it in various guises across the video game industry. You know, yeah, like I play a lot of games which you'd consider very mainstream, so I'm not above it. I feel the video game industry is being successful in ditching that. I think there's a lot of jaded like opinion on mainstream um, video gaming now. And I think indie is starting to kind of be the thing yeah, now. maybe. Um, I think a good game is a good game. Uh, a good movie is a good movie, but yeah, we're struggling in cinema to make that work as opposed yeah. to... Yeah, know, yeah, yeah. I just think mainstream culture is all-consuming. Yeah. Knowingly and... It's a, it's a severe so. effort to to go out of the out of line and think about something that's a yeah. little bit more lofty. It's, it's, a, yeah, it's yeah. a severe effort to 
sit down and put on Solaris in the evening after a day of work. And, yeah, you know, yeah, and yeah, I, yeah. I understand people not wanting to do that. Well, yeah, yeah. About, we, we've been doing a lot of, uh, like our film reviews early this year have been a lot of the kind of Oscar films uh-huh. because they've all been coming out around this time. And I think like you and I have been a little bit kind of exhausted in the terms of like, how many sad films oh, can I okay, see? Right. Like, and they're all really good. Like, don't get me wrong. We've we've enjoyed most of them. Yeah. But it's like, I'm going to sit down and watch something depressing again. And it's like, sometimes you are. I just want to switch my brain off. Yeah. yeah. And watch something. Mm. Shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's something to be said for that. Yeah. I just think mainstream culture is very good at um, quietly eroding away the natural human curiosity for things. Yeah. And your yeah. life will, will be enriched in a far more meaningful manner. Uh, sorry, Ponzi opinion alert, by the way. No, no, no. Uh, no I right. think your life will be enriched in a far more meaningful manner if you go off the beaten track than if you just stick to watching Saturday Night Takeaway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 you'll probably be a happier person. Yeah, I think so. I mean, again, I'm, yeah. a, I'm a snobby Blissful shit. ignorance, as you say. Yeah. But I don't know. It, may, it is a lot more nuanced than perhaps we give it credit for, but yeah. Uh, no. Have we come across cynical? No, no. I think you're right. But, I don't, I don't know about cynical. There's no debate if there isn't some kind of cynical, but like thing not wrong, cynical. It? It's more a place of worry and a love. I am worried. A love yeah, for. I think that's it, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. We also like, spent the first hour pouring over stuff we love as well. So yeah. I think yeah. It's fine. Yeah. 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 It is. It is a shame that like the landscape of cinema, like we're not obviously very optimistic about. But uh, yeah, hopefully we can all be like pleasantly surprised yeah I think it's here to stay I don't think it's going to die anytime soon no there will always be a, a want for it yeah. yeah oh yeah there's nothing better than being pleasantly surprised yeah. by something at the cinema but then again like, I feel like um, and I know there are more Oscar Beatty films but like um, the kind of slew of like art like arty slash mainstream films that have been coming out at the start of this year have been really good I think it's so been the last year in general I think 23 like yeah. apart from Madam Web <laughs> like all the films <laughs> we've seen in the cinema within the last two months have yeah. been pretty, pretty good yeah A24 Just, still kind of going strong I think generally they're investing a lot more money yeah. into their films uh, and yet I think they are most for the most part retaining that sort of sense of independence mm. from the big studio films yeah. I think well, like yeah. Zone of Interest is a prime example of that for sure mm. and the Iron Claw as well they're both yeah, they, 24 they, projects they co-funded it with Film 4 right yeah that's right yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah not all yeah. doom and gloom for sure yeah 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 fucking yeah. 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 hell yeah <laughs> it's all fucked but yeah no I'm joking it'll be alright it'll be alright right. right let's move on to our next segment so the collective listeners of Cineboys to Cinemen and the Film Angle have given us some films for this next section which is overrated or underrated nice um, this is going to be a, be a cut for it, I think cause it's very hard to classify a film on those bases but I thought it'd be quite a nice little mm. thing to sort of cool off on after that lofty bit of discourse there <laughs> yeah um you definitely got more responses than we did. <laughs> not bitter. No. Uh, not bitter. What the fuck are you lot doing? Unbelievable. Yeah, it's outrageous. Pull your fingers out, guys. Come on. They were all on a mass holiday, I heard. So <laughs> yeah. They weren't looking at their phones. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> looking at fucking cat videos. <laughs> Wankers. No, come on. I'm, I'm bigger than this. I'm bigger than this. <laughs> right, okay. So, first up, uh, this is from one of ours. Okay. Mike Bell. Love you, Mike. Yeah. Dear friend of mine. Mean Streets. Overrated or underrated? Weird film to start with. Interesting, yeah. yeah. I, I would, I mean, for me personally, no disrespect, Mike, but 
uh, I feel like that film gets all the praise it deserves. <laughs> yeah. And that's yeah. it. So I don't think it's either, personally. Yeah. What do you I, guys think? I, I think in, in, in comparison to Scorsese's other films, it gets lost. Uh, okay, in maybe that's where it's coming from. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. Maybe underrated in that sense. Yeah, yeah may, maybe, be. yeah. But yeah. critically revered just the right amount. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. The Godfather Part 1, that's from my beloved, Georgia. Ooh, okay. I guess... Her thought process was that it's in the shadow of Godfather Part Two, which I think is unfair because oh, I prefer yeah. Godfather Part One. Yeah, I- uh, Godfather Part One is my partner Lauren's favorite film of all time. Ah, so, there we go. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, I think it's I think it's amazing. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, <laughs> so, I love it as well. And so, I, I think yeah, I think it does give Part Part Two a run for its money. I, I, oh, yeah, it, might, it might be my favorite part. So we're we gonna go underrated. I guess we'd have to, wouldn't we? Is it though? I mean, like it's always number one on like or top ten films of all time lists oh, and yeah. everything. That's a, this is this is the the, the metric for this. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, I would make I would make a case for it being overrated. Oh, Ooh. okay, spicy. Purely because Get Out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it got so much praise heaped on it. Films, so I watched yeah. it when I was like fourteen, and. It's not an easy watch at all. Like, there's a lot of lofty stuff in there. And yeah. it's, you know, for a 14-year-old who's mainly obsessed with the Elder Scrolls and <laughs> trying and failing to talk to girls, it's like an odd thing to consume. So I think on that basis, I'd say it's four, overrated. 14-year-old Ben is saying overrated. overrated. Okay. But 29-year-old Ben is saying uh, underrated. underrated. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because it is fantastic, yeah. undeniably. Better than Godfather Part 2. Yeah, I still think Francis Ford Coppola's best film is Apocalypse Now, though. Yeah, probably. Yeah. No, I'd say Jack. <laughs> <laughs> I really like Rumblefish. Uh, oh, okay. Or the Outsiders, but yeah, no, Apocalypse Now is definitely better. Shut up, Danny. That, that, yeah. uh, so we're going to go with overrated or underrated for that. I'll leave you to the film. Angle You're talking to 29 year old Ben, so I think so. I think so. It's it's one of those films. that's like it, you hear about it your entire life, and then you see it, and you're like, yeah, I get it. And then I think so. I think it's plateau level. I think it's right. Yeah, fair enough. Right. Uh, I spoke for you. I'm sorry. No, I, I think I think that's about right. I think that yeah, it's right. Yeah. Okay, the next one. This is from Dale. Yeah. Another dear friend. Yeah. Uh, the assassination of Jesse James by Carl Robert Ford. Oh, underrated. I would agree. Underrated. Yeah. Yeah. As an amazing score. Um, yes. Yes, it does. Yeah. Uh, what, what? What's it? Nick Cave and Nick Warren Ellis. Yeah. He wrote it, didn't he? With Nick Cave. Uh, what, the film? Yeah. Really? I'm pretty sure he wrote it. Yeah. No way. You learn something new every day. I, I love their work. I might be wrong there. <laughs> their work on the proposition as well. Yeah, he wrote that, that, didn't score. he? Yeah. That is, Shit. Yeah. I don't know if he did write it. I don't think he did, no, because that was very much. Um, so there's a, a passion project of the director, I think. Whatever, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> underrated, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, underrated. Mm. Uh, okay, I put this one in. I put the next two in. Right. The Joker. Oh, overrated. 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 Sorry, mum and dad. Overrated. A Fisher Price taxi driver. Detest yeah. that film. Oh, God, I was thinking you might because every time we come and speak to people about it, I didn't like it. Again, yeah, it's like I backed yeah, over yeah. their head, their dog's head. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it's like it's 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 the meeting in the elevator, isn't it? It's like, and it's trying to pull the wool over the audience's eyes. The whole movie. It's like yeah. Zazie beats. Would never give that guy at the time of yeah, day, yeah, yeah. let alone because form a relationship. Either she is not real, or this is the worst movie ever made, and uh, 
It's both. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that resulting flashback sequence, just to make sure the audience... Just to make, yeah, just yeah, to make yeah. sure. Just to make yeah, sure. this is cutting-edge cinema. We're going to spoon-feed you all the narrative, <laughs> aren't we? Yeah. I feel like I'm going to have a frank discussion with my, with my parents, especially my mum, who is a fan of the Joker and also the Godfather quite... I think she holds... Oh, oh you're in trouble then. Yeah. You're going to get grabbed. We're all, we're all in trouble. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're we're all say, I, think, I think my parents quite like the Joker as well. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, Next one, another pick of mine, 1917. I, uh, I'm going uh, to say underrated. Uh, overrated. Totally overrated. Um, I really liked it, so underrated. But it, it did do well, so it's rated highly, right? But No, I I, um, I, I, I I just... I was swept up in the emotion of it when I saw it in the cinema. I, um, yeah, I'm with it, you, Alex. It, I liked it a lot. Yeah, Connected with me. I um I know you prefer Dunkirk a lot. More. Yeah, I do. Yeah, uh, and I can understand why. I th- and also the single take thing is a gimmick, and it, it oh, is like it's too clean. Yeah, it's too clean. for a war movie, it's too clean. I yeah. feel like I should have brought my video game controller <laughs> when I was watching that movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, jump yeah. off the waterfall, press X. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. What you yeah. make it stabbed by a German pilot? Press. Don't press that. <laughs> <laughs> I like. I think it has a majesty about it which uh, was slightly overwhelming. Although, I mean, I'm not as much of a sort of military historian as as you are, so maybe that that there's a kind of yeah, I love historical myself. accuracy factor <laughs> in that. In that, which which yeah, the geography of that movie is weird. Like it's all like in a small area of land, but it's vast as well. It's quite confu- It's quite confusing to watch. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's just too, I just thought it was too clean and a sort of rehash of a lot of, of the ideas in better war movies. It's too, it's too polished. It's too the veneer is too polished. Yeah. So are we fifty. What, am I getting the vibe? You're. I, I'm not a big fan of the movie. You're overrated. Yeah. Yeah. So fifty-fifty on that one. Yeah. 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 Of the two war films Sam Mendes has directed, I think Jarhead is more interesting. Jarhead's a better movie. I, okay. I agree. Yeah. No, sorry, I said I agree, but I don't know if you that was, was that your point that you prefer uh, it. I would probably. Yeah. No, I'd say yeah. Yeah. yeah fair enough. I love you. Uh, <laughs> next one, Inland Empire. Hmm. I haven't seen it either. You've seen it. I'd say underrated. Underrated, yeah, I really like it. Brilliant. It took me a few watches, which is weird. It's like three hours. Shot on DV, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. shot on D- some... Lynch on DV tape. What? Room for a treat. <laughs> it has that creepy under your skin. Okay. Yeah, yeah, going I agree. for it. Yeah. Uh, we've got fucking loads here. Uh, Avatar. Overrated. I think it's very the opinions are very like polarizing in general on that yeah. film. So I think it balances itself out. Um. Yeah. This is why it's, it's on the list. I, I, I guess I, I'd probably go with overrated as well. Although there are aspects of it that I enjoy, uh, from a on a very surface level. Yeah, but, I think I'm the same as you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a very surface level film, though. It, yes. Because there's, I mean, it's no secret that a lot of properties that came before it did the same themes and story a uh-huh. lot better. So yeah. Feel yeah. free to jump in if any of these films are from your dedicated listenership. Sure. Uh, the next one is Signs. Did we? Did you pick that one? Or did I, I, pick I that kind one? of mentioned M Night a little bit. Underrated. Um, yeah, underrated. I love it. Sure. <laughs> 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 um, signs. I like a lot, so I would say probably underrated. Underrated. Yeah, I'd say so. I oh. haven't actually seen it. So. Oh, oh so, Alex, yeah, yeah, watch no, it, man. No, no, Treat no. yourself. I will, I will. It's a very different whacking Phoenix performance in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. I, uh, yeah, no, I need to get around to that one. To be fair, I can understand why it's not top of people's lists, to be fair. Yeah, yeah quite polarizing yeah. response, isn't it? So. I, I think it's great. Yeah, I really like it. I've Get some new skin, same as it. It's part of that chili thriller thing we were talking about. 
uh, and performances are actually really good, including Mel Gibson. <laughs> no, <yes. laughs> oh, Mel. Yeah. I'll, I'll add it to the list of films that I'm already writing down that we've discussed today. Yeah. Ja- James Newman Howard soundtrack as well. Mm. Possibly one of my favourite composers. Uh, and it does not disappoint. Mm. There we go. Road to Perdition. Overrated. Ooh. Sorry, I'm just saying that my was one of on top. Was... Who was that? Rachel. Rachel. Hello. Um, See me, you made the jump. Weird relationship with that film. Liked it as a kid because my dad had it on all the time. Um, as I watched it as an adult, I did not like it at all. Um, it, I, I'd say overrated. I, yeah, I, the score of that movie hits you over the head with a hammer. It's uh, It wraps up in an odd way. Um, the Jude Law performance is kind of fun and un- un- unsettling. But, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, yeah. And Daniel Craig plays a wimp pretty well. Um, uh, but yeah. apart from that, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I think I'd say overrated. We're ragging on Sam Mendes here. I was going to say, Mendes is good. American Beauty would have been another good one. <laughs> yeah, it would have, yeah. <laughs> I really like Revolutionary Road. I'll give you that, Sam. Okay. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Play, yeah. We'll use them uh, quickly, Road to Perdition. Oh, me. oh, fuck me. Uh, I actually have no yes. idea. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I've seen it. It was a long time ago. I remember it being very grey and rainy. It's very grey. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Paul Newman's in it briefly. Yeah, yeah. 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 Salad dressing. Yes. <laughs> didn't, didn't leave a lasting impression on me, no. to be honest. Uh, I believe this is another listener for you. Uh, Love Actually. That was your sister, Chris? Yeah. Um, well, talk, to, talk about it maybe in the sphere of Christmas movies. Because um, it's like one of the people's top Christmas movies, right? That they watch every single year. I'd say overrated. I think it's it's. Although I said earlier on, Richard Curtis is like he's got that sentimentality that comes through earnestly. I just think it aged very poorly. This movie by the year just gets a little bit uglier and uglier. Yeah, yeah um, I agree. I did. If I remember rightly, like not a lot of the characters are that nice. Yeah, and he kind of, yeah, they're all having affairs or like fancying each other. Oh, the, the Alan Rickman. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 So, yeah, overrated. Overrated. Yeah. Universe overrated. Fuck you, Tony. <laughs> to- is that uh, Tony Curtis? Yeah. <laughs> Just everyone. It's Richard Tony. Curtis. It's Richard Curtis. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. it's Tony Curtis. That's the guy who has uh, Time Team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tony Curtis is... <laughs> <laughs> I quite like Time Team. Sorry, Tony. Sorry, uh, or Jimmy Lee Curtis's dad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, fuck him. <laughs> uh, Top Gun 1 and Maverick. That was my dad. Hey, hello, Dad. Uh, Top Gun's his favourite film. Ah, uh, I, I think Top Gun One is overrated. Sorry, Dad, uh, but I, but I bloody loved Top Gun Maverick. Mm. I loved Maverick. I think it's blockbuster purity. Yeah. Uh, I also like Top Gun One. I love yeah. I love Tony Scott. So I would say they're both underrated. Yeah. Uh, I don't think Top Gun Maverick's uh, underrated because it yeah. performs so well and everyone loves that film. Oh yeah, that's true. Again, uh, the metric is hard. It, I, I think, yeah, it falls into the got exactly what it deserved in terms yeah. of praise category. Uh, Top Gun yes, One, I had fun with it. It was a fun film. Yeah, uh, a lot of people give it a lot of flack because it hasn't aged as gracefully as it could potentially have. But like, yeah, uh, liked it. So underrated. Underrated. Uh, Jojo Rabbit I think that was my mum hey mummy <laughs> you better find out where all our listeners are <laughs> 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 thank god for our parents <laughs> so actually you guys have more authentic uh, input than we did 
I think I think they put a couple of responses in. Maybe I'll, I'll just be like, oh, I don't know who that next one's from. <laughs> yeah. It's from Mum. Strange name. <laughs> yeah, I think, um, I think my parents really like Love Actually as well. I've just realised. Oh, oh, no. oh no, you're gonna slap. <laughs> you're gonna slap me. Let me to me, oh. Ben, you are perfect. Yeah, <laughs> there's some uh, good there's some good bits to it. I guess. <laughs> don't come crawling back. To yeah, Mum's yeah. Side, <laughs> I, the the horrible thing with Alan recommends cheating on his wife is nasty, but whenever he goes to the the department shop and uh, and Rowan Atkinson turns up and yeah. does the gift wrap sequence that's quite funny also yeah. Emma Thompson's reaction to fighting. oh yeah but that's a really good Johnny Mitchell's both sides now is quite I like touching, that yeah. as a performance I thought that was yes. quite heartbreaking give it that sorry I liked the orgy scene yes I imagined yeah. it that's on the Blu-ray isn't it yeah yeah, yeah extended yeah. cut the yes. Ian and is it Ian Curtis? That's a front man from Joy Division. I can't every famous is set guy and so named Curtis. Jamie oh, Lee. Shit. Jamie Lee, Ian Curtis, Tony Curtis. You have an orgy. Yeah. Oh, poor Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh. Ian Curtis was quite a handsome guy. Anyway. Uh, Jojo Rabbit. Uh, under uh, Overrated. I've not seen it, so I can't, uh, can't comment. I don't, I don't get the Taika with TT Buzz. I don't think he's the saviour of cinema as people wax lyrical about him to be. I thought the film was tone deaf and naff. He's let his ego uh, run away. Yeah, overrated here as well. I, um, Sorry, if you did like it, please yeah, say. No, I, I don't think I hated it as much as you did, but um, yeah, I just I, 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 I felt quite anti it and I saw what it was trying to do and I just I felt a bit icky by the end of it. It yeah. just didn't work for me. No. Yeah, I'd say overrated. I did like the Sam Rockwell performance though i thought that they handled the whole i think that's the one subtle thing that Tyke has ever done in his modern films anyway yeah is like handle the sort of like the fear like the tandem between the fear of being homosexual as well as um being a jew in that environment um how he handles that in the performance i think is quite is quite good that scene whenever the nazis are raiding the home and uh he's kind of partaking in that but he knows that there's Jews in his home and but he also knows that he's a victim like he's secretly gay and doesn't want to either this side but it's all in the performance it's not in the script yeah. it's over um, in the script but yes in performance yeah yeah but yeah I, I agree the rest of the film is a little bit ugh. yeah yeah maybe I came across a bit strong there but I will say this bizarre that I think we said this before Sam Rockwell Getting playing these sort of redemptive arc characters oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. seems to be his struggling behavior with the redemptive yeah, arc yeah. with the uh, three right. billboards and yeah stuff. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, next one's Mulan and the subsequent remake the live action remake which I haven't seen uh, uh, yeah I don't know who that was from <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah, old one um, the original Mulan I remember quite liking as a kid yeah love Mulan yeah funnily enough uh, my dad's one of my dad's favourite films as well. <laughs> yeah. the, the songs in that movie are, they rip. Yeah, no, I actually have uh, really fond memories yeah. of seeing that with my dad. So, yeah, yeah I, I love that film. I, I grew up with two older sisters, so we watched on VHS all the time. So. Yeah, it's gone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the new enough. one, absolute shite. Oh, is it? I think so. Yeah. I feel like they could have done something quite interesting with that, given the sort of wealth of sort of influential sort of like material. Jet Li's in the film. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, I thought they were going for that sort of wuxia martial art vibe, which would have could have been quite interesting. Yeah, but... Saying like you can really play with that yeah. story. I don't think you had to because they they like half wanted to play with it and half wanted it to be the Disney film, and then it just ends up being this kind of weird, yeah, like yeah, inconsistent. I would say. Film. It's inoffensive, but it's not riling. Yeah. yeah, whereas really, you could have made something really interesting with that. But there you go. They just like to 
flog the corpse, don't they? Mm. Isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Howl's Moving Castle, often maligned as one of the weaker uh, Miyazaki movies. I, I see. It really, I loved it. I thought to yeah. say underrated. I I thought it was really quite special. You know, but then I haven't been exposed to as nearly as much Judo uh, Ghibli Ghibli as. Uh, I'm sure I do. I'm, I'm exactly the same. Uh, yeah. We actually are thinking of doing a series on uh, Chris introducing me to all the uh, films. I've only seen a few. And that. this is actually yeah, yeah. from uh, a girl who used to work with Holly. Um, Hello, Holly. Who um, loves Studio Ghibli, so I'm sure she'll be disappointed to know that I still haven't <laughs> watched Probably. many more since we worked together. Oh, man. Uh, but We're I'm putting ourselves in the crosshairs of parents and friends and former colleagues. Even like the worst Miyazaki is still like, Great, yeah, yeah. hundred so, percent agree. Yeah, you know, I would I, say underrated personally. Yeah, I think it it sort of it wasn't his project originally too. He overtook it, didn't he? Mm. It was like halfway through, uh, and he, right. he steered it away, didn't like the direction it was going. So, but it, it, I think it's good still. There's, yeah, there's something to be said about you know if they they've got kind of quite a unique craft and a u- unique sort mm. of way of doing things, and even the their worst work is still quite oh, yeah. magical. Yeah, I think. I mean, based on the fact that I haven't seen that much of it. Um, yeah, I'd sound great. Sure. Sweet. Mm. <laughs> Still a few to go. Mm. Stay with us. Uh, quiet Place? Overrated. overrated. I liked it, but overrated. Yeah, I think it's overrated. Yeah, what, is yeah. the, what is the weakness? <laughs> oh, the, uh, oh, on the whiteboard. The whiteboard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I enjoyed it when it came out. I must admit, as a blockbuster bit of entertainment, I find it quite involving and I, I, you know, I had an emotional response watching it. I don't know if I'd feel the same now, but I liked it when it came out. I, I um, second that. Actually, I really liked it. Okay, yeah. so fifty-fifty. Are you underrated with that? I'd... I don't want to go as far to say as I like, underrated. No. It's difficult, isn't it? I think, I think it's yeah. Hmm. I, w- I wouldn't say overrated either, but yeah, I, I think know. yeah. I did, I did occupies like it. an awkward space, yeah. isn't it? I think my 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 fondness for it has gone down because Since... I really didn't like the second one. Yeah, and yeah, just feel like yeah. a dead horse now. Mm. Poor horse. Uh, <laughs> June, uh, not the Lynch one, the Villeneuve one. Villeneuve one, I loved Look, it. I yeah. liked <laughs> it. I thought it was visually stunning, uh, and it but it had a real pomposity to it, which I both liked and found a bit exasperating. But then I talk about that you know we need blockbusters, yeah, some yeah. sense of originality to them, and then I fucking go and shit on the ones that do. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you can't fucking please me. Maybe I'm just a twat. Uh, yeah, I <laughs> mean, it was my. I've I've not read the books. I've not seen uh, Lynch's version, so it was my first kind of introduction to June. But uh, I really liked it. Yeah, I didn't dislike it. Yeah. I'm, I th- not sure, I'm not sure if I'd say whether it's overrated or underrated. I don't know. I, exactly I'd say underrated. underrated on. Well, I don't know. It's very much mm. contextual to the scenario that i watched it in because i watched it it was the first film i went to see after covid was kind of over mm-hmm. and i saw oh, it as a cinema yeah. and it was like the biggest most amazing cinematic experience that i hadn't had for the past two years so i was like oh such a breath of fresh air yeah. so on that basis very much personal to me i'd say i guess underrated but mm. um it, it performed well and people like it and there's a second one coming out soon yeah so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Couldn't help shake the feeling that Chalamet was miscast, but I've not read the book, mm. so I don't know. I've heard yeah. that. I have the, heard that. In the books, Paul is a lot younger. Like he, I think he's like ten or eleven in the book. Wow. Okay. So, okay. Um, which would have not really worked cinematically. I think it would have been a really hard to push. I think. I think he does. A, I. I don't think he's the strongest performance in it, but I think he's 
you know, he's doing it fine. They could have AI'd and de-aged Bob Hoskins. Especially when you're, yeah. McClucken back. I'm just, I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, maybe more sy- sympathetic yeah. to AI's cause if they did that. Yeah. <laughs> just with the weird eyes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The eyes have gone in different directions. Yeah. Yeah. Glazed over. Yeah. Sorry, I completely interrupted you there. No, not at all. Not at all. I think Bob Hoskins would be great yeah. in the sound dudes. Right in a worm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, these next two are from Lee. Ah. Uh, you know, not see Sonny just cooled off from where his bum was sat. Yeah, where you yeah, are, Chris? Yeah. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. Thought it smelled a bit funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, crank two, <laughs> fun movie. Yeah. yeah, I'd say it's sort of weirdly underrated. Yeah, yeah. it's forgotten. It came out. Everyone was like, "Yeah, what a sequel!" And then everyone forgot about it really, really quickly. Yeah. So I would say underrated. I think yeah. in the context of reflecting on Statham's career, it probably be over. It would be underrated actually. Yeah, because his films are shit. Most of his films are shit now. Shot in a really interesting way. They got a bunch of GoPros and like consumer cameras and just yeah went mental with them. So yeah, I don't mean most. I just maybe thinking more expend four balls, expendables oh, four. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And the beekeeper one, has everyone seen that yet? No. I, I've seen the beekeeper. It's, Any good? Uh, uh, no, it's awful. Uh, it's quite, it's quite funny in places because it, um, it, it does like a really weird thing where um, it basically makes the villain of the film like Hunter Biden. It's really, it's really strange. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then like, okay. when that clicks, you're like, this is fucking stupid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. isn't it that he was in? He was like with a military faction called the Beekeepers. Yes. and then became an actual beekeeper by chance afterwards. <laughs> is that right? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. It's really interesting because the first 10 minutes I was like, oh, this is a really interesting setup. I, it gave me like Taken vibes. Oh, okay. Uh, like I thought, oh, I can't wait to watch uh, Jason Statham get revenge on his neighbor's <laughs> death and all this kind of stuff. Um, but then it just turns into like a really weird kind of like John Wick ripoff. Okay. Uh, yeah, and, yeah, a, right. a really bad one at that as well. So. I just think he... Is really guilty. I think it, it may be because of Crank, and Crank did it quite well. But uh, those sort of it's like humor gets away with being shit. Yeah, yeah. he does that quite a lot yeah. of his films, and it's like mm, yeah. you can't flog that horse too. Much. This horse is fucking. <laughs> there's, there's lots of bee puns. Yeah, lots of bee puns. Oh really? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so did we say underrated for that? Oh, for Crank too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've not seen it. Actually. Okay. Can't, can't, can't um, underrated. underrated. Yeah. Add it to the list. Next one, I think this is going to cause a schism. Uh, podcast schism. Okay. Uh, South from Tales. Fucking underrated. Underrated. Yeah, yeah. With you, Ben. Yeah. I'm the only person in this room who hasn't seen it. Okay. okay. I think. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> don't gang up on me. Uh, I think it's um, it's it's rated correctly. I don't think it's particularly. Okay. Great. Fair I, enough. I I I don't know. I think maybe I've only seen it the once. And I found it a bit of a drag to get through. It is long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I've got, I've, we've got the arrow. Oh, I've definitely, I've got the arrow. Yeah, I don't have it. It's even longer. <laughs> is it? Oh, I yeah, think there's yeah. elements of it which are really interesting. I just don't think it like holds together very well. From, okay. From my viewing, See. but there's, there's definitely bits of it where I was like, this is, this is very interesting. And um, if, in, if my memory serves me right, I think it starts really well. Yeah, it's got yeah. a good start to it. Yeah, it does. Yeah. And there's a, there's just some wonderful moments and Richard Kelly I think is really good at generating intrigue even if there's no payoff I feel like the intrigue is enough for me Uh, and also there's a bit at the end with Sean William Scott in an ice cream truck floating up above Los Angeles and Moby's playing in the background yeah it's a really good Moby song as well (laughs) they have Justin Timberlake um, 
uh, lip sync into like the killers. Yeah, right oh, in the middle God, of the yeah, film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sean <laughs> William Scott's fucking great in it. He is yeah. good. As, the Rock's really good in it. Yeah, well. yeah. Really yeah, interesting. Yeah. Like, He's performance recently, from him. Has he not recently been cast in a Safdie film? Oh, really? One half the Safdie film. Has yeah. Oh, okay. One of the Safdie brothers, because they split, didn't they? Yeah, yeah they're not um, making stuff together anymore. And I'm sure The Rock, maybe he's going back to doing stuff that isn't just like a fucking ego trip. I hope yeah. so. Yeah, yeah. I hope so too. Yeah. I want to see him win an Oscar one day. Do you think? Wow. I, I think he could do it. I'd rather an AI Bob Hoskins playing oh, for <laughs> <laughs> yeah. an Oscar. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, I'd fucking love Safdie Tales. Uh, Mad Max original. Uh, overrated. I. Uh, it's very sparse, isn't it? Yeah, the second one's much better. Yeah, yeah, um, I, yeah. Probably is overrated. Yeah, and then Fury Road know. is but probably number better. two. Just completely is. It's almost like that is the only original yeah. film. Yeah. It's overtaken the original film so much. I think people forget it exists. Yeah, yeah. So I'd say underrated. Cause you're right. It is sparse. Like it is almost set. Like, it's an admirable effort. Yeah, it's a yeah, very very like, low budget film. It's sort of like I mean, it's not the same because Evil Dead One is still beloved, but like Evil Dead Two. I was just is, thinking about yeah, it. Yeah, Evil Dead Two yeah. is like the sort of. And I think Evil Dead One's better. I think it's yeah. Great. I, I, I think agree. It's, yeah. I think it's really eerie that film. Yeah, like, yeah, really yeah. actually gets under my skin. Mm, um, well, broadly speaking, Evil Dead Two is the sort of like more refined Evil Dead One. So yes. maybe like Mad Max Two is one. I don't know. Yeah, I think all the Mad Max movies are basically remakes anyway. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm undecided about that. I'll say overrated now. I'll probably get it as soon as we stop recording. But uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, second Mel Gibson mention of the podcast. Yeah, yeah, our boy. Yeah. Good old, good old no, Mel. he's not. No, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, you're wearing a Mel Gibson T-shirt. You're wearing a free Mel T-shirt. What's this receipt here for? Jordan Peterson Masterclass. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was worried because you took off the Cinder Boys hoodie that we were talking about earlier. And I thought, what are you taking that off for? Mel Gibson. And underneath, you've got the Mel Gibson there. Mel Gibson was doing those Masterclasses too, wasn't he? Like was last he? year. Oh. He was going to like like Manchester Arena and like doing like an evening with Mel. <laughs> oh, no. That's, a, that's the title that's more fitting for a Butlins. Yeah. <laughs> How the fuck are you managed to secure a venue in Manchester? It should be like fucking Skeg. Skate. Yeah, so then yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, kiss, kiss, bang, bang. This is your pick. This is my pick. Yeah, overrated. Ooh, I'm gonna say underrated because I have a huge spot in my heart for Shane Black. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That uh, is my favourite of Shane Black's films as well. I think I love Kiss, Kiss, Bang, Bang. <laughs> I haven't seen it in years, but I remember liking it. But I was like a teenager, so <laughs> I thought it was a big. So like being nothing. <laughs> I thought it was a big mess. Like honestly, I can't. I can't engage with that film. I've seen it three times. Not joking. The second time, something happened which was unplanned. Which was <laughs> that I had some THC that was in my system, and I didn't mind it that much that time. But... Sorry, you talking about drugs? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I'm sorry, but you know how are we going to get Mel Gibson on now if you talk about drugs? <laughs> no, I, I don't know what happened, but uh, somehow it, it got into my bloodstream. I'm not sure why or how, <laughs> but there it was, and uh, I didn't mind it that time. And then I watched it again afterwards, sober, and I was like, I can't get, I can't engage with it. I don't know what it yeah. is. I think it's jarringly the, the tonal shifts are really jarring. Uh, it's a LA movie, which. Uh, kind of they can annoy me in the wrong kind of context I can see that yeah they're all yeah I don't care about any of the characters the funniest line was delivered by Val Kilmer early on and then it just I don't know yeah I, I thought it was really wafery and a bit 
stupid. <laughs> but sorry, everyone. Yeah, overrated. That's my pick. Over it. Fair enough. I'm going to go under. Under yes. as well. Yeah, yeah. No comment. It's been too long. Yeah. No, fair enough. <laughs> you sort of yeah, feel yeah. like you're ganging up on Ben, all right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ghostbusters. Underrated. Wait, overrated. Actually. Overrated. Yeah. Overrated. The original. I assume so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think overrated as well. It, it doesn't like. Nostalgia-wise, it doesn't really like hold a big no. place in my heart. Mm, I guess I it's for people that were like sort of fifteen or ten to fifteen at the time have a lot of. I feel like a lot of kids nowadays are reconnecting with them. It's like yeah. it's find a new generation. Out, isn't it? Is the new films out? I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah Afterlife, and you got Frozen Empire on its way. Yeah, yeah. There was a cartoon in the nineties. Yeah, I remember watching that. But again, it still doesn't hold. Fine. No, no, yeah, not for me either, really. It's quite a popular opinion amongst people in our age range, actually. Okay. They don't particularly enjoy Ghostbusters. Huh? I've got, I've had to have that, heard that from a lot we're, of people. We're a microcosm for. I just don't feel anything when I watch that movie. No, I'm not excited by it. I'm not a huge Bill Murray fan in general, and I'm not mm. just saying that after he's got cancelled. Like I never particularly okay. got on with that vibe anyway. So yeah. Controversial opinion, right after the kiss, 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 bang, 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 bomb, bang. That, <laughs> that and the THC consumption. Um. <laughs> uh, Jurassic Park, Lost World. Yeah, I thought I threw this in. It was a bit weird. No, I was getting every side at the start. I liked it. Underrated. Its, yeah, for its sort of. Um, the dinosaur stuff at the end of the city, they kind of just went all out, didn't they? Yeah, I like it. Yeah, a bit canon films with it. Yeah, 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 that's why I like yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The Velociraptor <laughs> scene in the grass. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, Which they right. they um, fucking uh, Jurassic World stole. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it worked. Is a this lot better. is this the one with Pete Postle we've seen? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. And Vin, yeah. is it is Vince Vaughn in it as well? Mm, yes, right. he is. Yeah, 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 yeah he is. Yeah. And Julianne Moore. Oh yeah. yes, yeah. that's yeah. a really good cast. Yeah, 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 yeah. I really like it. I do really like it. I, th- I think you're right about the the ending is is kind of. I love the T Rex going through. Uh, like suburbia and stuff like yeah. that, isn't it? It's a um, dog. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> always burnt into my mind yeah. as a child. I always, um, I'm always baffled why there aren't more dinosaur movies. I feel like the Jurassic Park and Jurassic World films never really capitalized on like moving it out of a theme park. Yeah, I yeah. It's just yeah. like oh, people love dinosaurs. Yeah, Where are all the not, dinosaurs? Yeah, not a lot of films, are they? Not really, no. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, uh, sixty-five, starring Adam Driver. Oh yeah, yeah, that's that one. King Kong <laughs> beats the shit out of a few of them. Oh yeah, that's, that's true. true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, Land Before Time. Oh yes, mm-hmm. yes, I remember and those. Subsequent eighty-five sequels. Yeah, 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 yeah right. True. Yeah, yeah. There we go. So underrated, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Go on. Yeah, great. Yeah, uh, we're almost there. Temple of Doom, underrated in my view. So I should stop saying it in this straight away. I should let other people <laughs> say their opinion first. Sorry, carry on. Uh, I yeah, I like it a lot actually. I, I I think I that was the one that when I was growing up, that was the one I remember the most out of mm-hmm. the, the original three, the trilogy. Perhaps because it's that's really a very dark. common thing to say actually. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think the there's a great gag at the beginning, which like is you know when he shuts the door to the airplane, oh, and yeah. he's like so long, yeah, and then he closes it, and it's the guy's name. Like, yes. Yeah, I just think yeah, yeah it's good. Uh, the voodoo stuff I quite liked. Well, I, I, a lot of people didn't like it, but I did. It's very gruesome. It's yeah, very gruesome yeah. one, isn't it? Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Spielberg and Lucas. His heart ripped out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spielberg yeah. and Lucas were both going through divorces at the time. <laughs> yes. uh, genuinely, so that's where, why it's uh, pretty horrible in places. But it also sets out <laughs> to do the thing that 
specifically George Lucas was probably trying to do the most mm. when it was like honoring these serials of the 50s and the 40s and yeah. kind of wanting to redo that and I think of all the Indiana Jones movies that's probably the one that does it the most yeah so yeah. it's like a fun little detour away from like the the general shtick I like it yeah, yeah. I, I will say it- this like having seen it recently to like get ready for the new film I don't think it ages particularly well mm-hmm. but um, yeah it was also my favourite growing up yeah nice right down to the last two life is beautiful who's your conclusion Chris? yeah yeah well <laughs> i'm sorry to bring a, t- a time turn again but yeah, yeah this is this is a, a holocaust movie um uh he, the same director of uh, cinema paradiso uh, oh, oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah so this was a kind of a victory lap movie that he made um it's just very overly sentimental in, in that way it's very um it, it kind of has a bit more of a broader appeal to it. Uh, probably has a phoniness to it that probably just doesn't feel earned. I, I don't really like the movie that much, and a lot of people love it. It's a, it's comes up in a lot of people's like top tens a lot. I see um, for that kind of movie. Uh, I don't know. It rubs me the wrong way. I have seen it about a long time ago, so I'm not sure. I feel inspired. I- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, yeah. I need to. Yeah, I need to revisit that. And finally. Uh, Rogue One, Star Wars, oh. a Star Wars story. You put this in, I believe, Alex. No, I think it was Ben. No, was no, it? Uh, no, it was it was me. Oh, was it you? Oh, sorry. Yeah. I know you feel similar to me, Alex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We talk about it a lot. Yeah, I think it's um very nice looking. Um, I think it's a you know Gareth Edwards obviously um is is a master at kind of developing these worlds and making the most out of little, and uh, it is probably the best looking modern. Star Wars movie apart from Last Jedi, um, but I just think that it's fan service the movie. <laughs> um, to put it lightly, uh, the jokes are very winky. Um, the Forrest Whitaker performance is bizarre. Um, I just feel like it completely relies on nostalgia and doesn't earn anything that it does, and just feels a bit cold at the end of it. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, because yeah, like you said, we feel similarly. But yeah, no, I just I I really struggle getting on board with um the characters. I just I just yeah, I I feel like I'm similarly just very cold to the film. But yeah, it looks great. The final battle it looks great. Is, is good. Yeah, uh, though I do disagree on Forrest Whitaker. I did like what he was doing. Shout <laughs> <laughs> no, to Donnie Donnie Yen as well. Oh yeah, it's a yeah. shame that he sort of gets a main a big role in like a Western film. It doesn't quite take off for it. No, yeah, he's a fucking hero. You know, no, I mean, obviously, he's been in John Wick and other films, but this is like a big deal, right? Yeah, Being in a Marvel, Marvel. He is the Star best Wars. thing in John Wick, though. I think in that movie, yeah, he's fucking great. Oh, I mean, yeah. he's one, you know, one of the great sort of Hong Kong action stars mm-hmm, of like mm-hmm. the nineties, you know, late eighties, nineties. Uh, I quite liked it, but then I haven't seen it in a long time, and I have sort of franchise fatigue. So, yeah, I think if I watched it again, I'd probably be more inclined to agree with mm. you guys, to be honest. Yeah, I saw it the once. I, I think it was the start of the Disney, the kind of Disneyfication of Star Wars, and it really took over from there. It was pretty light in Rogue One. Like I remember there being some scenes on a beach which were quite nice because the yeah. water looked mm. blue. And like, like you say, yeah, it's a nice looking film. I don't remember it that well. I remember it being a really stupid joke in about when it's actually Donnie Yen's character where he keeps repeating the same thing about the Force. And, and one of the force, the for forces with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't uh, like it. Yeah. It's not funny. None of the humour in Star Wars is particularly good. <laughs> and it never has been. Even the original trilogy, it's like a kind of groan-inducing sort of thing, yeah. which is, yeah, yeah. 
It's always mine. difficult with Star Wars, isn't it? Because mm. like such a yeah, the, the fandom either loves it or hates it either way, isn't it? Yeah. I think the no, fandom no, no, nobody, love Rogue One though. Nobody ever agrees on Star Wars films. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, I love the prequels. I love all of them. I love. I yeah. second your opinion with the Phantom Menace and even Attack of the Clones. I quite enjoy largely. <laughs> it has. They have a story to tell, and they tell them like when I don't think Rogue One really did as much. I'd, yeah. 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 There we go. List is over. Oh. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Uh, Cars 3. <laughs> <laughs> Underrated, right, guys? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Outro. Outro. Questing the cinematic void. There we have it then. There we have it. Really enjoyed that. Thank you so much for coming on, guys. So, oh, so thanks for having us on. Really yeah. nice. It's- Bit of blacks. Oh, yeah. Really good fun. Yeah, it's been really good. It's yeah, been really yeah. good. I mean, I'd look forward to it for a really long time. Once mm. we sort of nailed the date in, mm. I think I said to you guys before we started recording, but waking up for work this gone, yeah, you know, Monday gone, I was like, the only thing keep me going through this week is this. Oh, wow. wow. That's very sweet. I mean, it's, sort of, it's sweet, but it's sort of depressing. So what are you going to do? What are you going to do now? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> Talk about Madam Web. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah well, gonna... we, we should we should schedule in another date so you have something to look forward to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll yeah. definitely have to get you on the film angle. I was gonna say, yeah, we'll come we, on to we, to yours. Love yeah. to go on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love to go on. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Next week's Madam Web. Yeah. Uh, you guys have seen it, haven't you? Uh, unfortunately, yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sets you set the bar high. Oh, whoops. <laughs> no, yeah, I think your uh, yeah, sort of brief snapshot review is very much uh, indicative of the wider critical and commercial consensus around the film. It is, it is fascinating. It's a really fascinating mm. uh, big studio film um, just to see the finished product. <laughs> and, uh, glory. Yeah, yeah. I won't, I won't go into it, obviously, but yeah, uh, fascinating. Oh, man. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I, I have no... I haven't really. I wouldn't never have watched it if had it had it not been for this podcast. But I think it will prompt a bit of a discussion about like earlier sort of Sony's sort of earlier superhero output and how they're kind of trying to claw it back a little bit potentially. I don't. Yeah, know. I think that'd be good. To, yeah, I think if we're going to revisit superhero films, we go into an area that perhaps I've just yeah sort of chat about absolutely yeah about, yeah yeah, which would be fun because you know like the that era super mm. hero films. Yeah, really interesting. You dig it, You've got like Hulk you and stuff. You know? Oh, yeah. Hang Lee. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, which I quite like. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we That'd be a good film to die on a hill for, actually. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, Shit. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> right, strap in for the railway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, thanks again, guys. It's been a blast. Yeah, and uh, we'll look forward to going on yours if you'll have us. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah we'll have Happy days. Uh, enjoy this episode. No, don't. No, no, I'm not saying that because I'm arrogant. <laughs> Enjoy it, a.k.a. go back and listen to all of it again. Yeah, yeah, and our other episodes. No, uh, we hope you enjoyed this one. Thanks for listening, and uh, see you in the next one. See you in the next one. Bye. Bye.